All right, what is going on, everybody? Zombies here again, and today we are back with another episode of the Fighting Pit, episode 19, almost at the big 2-0. Got a little special announcement planned for that one, so look forward to that next week. But we've got a lot of stuff to talk about this week. I'm joined, as always, by my two co-hosts here, Mullahu and Wizardbeast. How are you guys doing today? It's good to uh, do another episode, as always. Yeah, it's nice to be back. We uh, we took last week off. It was kind of a little bit of a lull in the news, and we all had a lot of stuff going on. So sometimes it's nice to get a little breather, uh, re recharge those batteries a little bit. But we uh, had a big patch in Hearthstone this past week, and unfortunately, <laughs> Mercenaries was uh, not really a part of it at all, which is... Did we have a patch? We didn't have a patch. Yeah. <laughs> The rest of the community did. Yeah, it's like they they did they did battlegrounds, they did constructed, and they even did some duels changes. Um, mm -hmm. So was really kind of surprised not to see anything for mercenaries. Um, I think the consensus at this point, and we'll talk about this a little more during like the meta talk stuff, uh, is that Trigor has is starting to overstay his welcome a bit. Like I know when he first like got buffed and stuff it was kind of fun and i had fun with that for like the first week but now it's getting pretty old pretty quickly and i think it's had a pretty negative impact on terms of like the health of the game and just the enjoyment from like the players like i've seen an overwhelming amount of responses saying like yeah trigor is way too overtuned now like he he needs to be changed in some way whether it's like a small change or a big change and like, they've shown us they have the ability to do that, like, with, like, the Varden rework and whatnot, so we don't have to be like, hey, well, they can't nerf anything. We, they can. Like, we know they can, and they yeah, even they told us. The guys, yeah. the guys of, like, a change, which is and where you can't actually contest it as, like, a, my number went from three to two. Exactly, yeah. So it's like, the, they can do a, a change to the character, and they even mentioned in that kind of uh, Year of the Hydra article that mercenaries would still be getting regular updates and changes and stuff in between the big mercs drop patches but we haven't seen any of that yet so far i don't know if they thought that these balance changes would probably hold people over for a little bit longer but the mercenaries meta has always typically i think been i don't want to say solved rather quickly but usually like people get a handle on it pretty fast and especially when uh, the characters you're changing are already characters a lot of people already had leveled up and grinded. So there wasn't even that initial like week of, oh, I got to grind up the new guys, see how they do. Well, a lot of people already had Trigor done, had other characters who were buffed done, like Tyronda, Varian. And so it's like, okay, I'll just take these for a new spin on the block. And it's fun for a while, but then it gets to be a little bit... Uh, I don't know, it just gets, it get the way Trigor does things, it gets a little stale. Oh. Oh, we had to disconnect. But yeah, what were you guys, what were you guys talking about while I, while I, like, had that little bit of a connection issue? Uh, we were mentioning Trigor, Trigor, and then I was like, it seems like, in terms of, like, theoretical fixes to Trigor, like, if you had to change or update or affect Trigor in that way, 
I would, to me, the, the biggest thing is just like stop triggering on retaliation damage. Don't, don't make it so that your dude can go and punch something and mm -hmm. just be backed up by Tricor. Like that just, it's backlash. It's not, it's, yeah. it's aggressively not forward lash. Like it is <laughs> supposed to be, it's true when I'm getting punched, I'm getting Trigor has, has my back. Not when I just like freak out and get pissed that Trigor is also like just a dog and just getting pissed with me. Yeah, you know what it's kind of like? I think in a lot of ways it's kind of like Localar, right? Where Localar was designed... <laughs> yeah, Localar was designed to punish super fast things, but he ended up being so strong that he punishes way more than just mm -hmm. the things that are going fast. He punishes like literally anything five or less speed. And so it's like, yeah, he kind of counters the the fast stuff, but he also counters like a million other things. So it's like you, you don't really have like uh it's not like you're pushing out one thing and making room for other things you're just pushing more stuff out i think it's yeah. a great way of putting it with trigor it's like it it feels like the only winning move is not to play or just focus the trigor it's like if you're trying to hit the other units you're like actively throwing um unless it's like an rng ability where you can't control it but like you're never targeting one of those things unless it's with like a summon like the the ice elemental where you don't care if it, it dies right to the residual because you get that freeze off but it, it just feels very like it doesn't feel like that's how it's supposed to work it's like you shouldn't be able to dictate uh all these procs you're getting it's like it should be more of a defensive than offensive right he's a protector not a fighter um so definitely, uh, I, I had someone bring up, and I'm curious if this is something they actually did. Um, they suggested maybe this is what Trigor was like pre-launch, and they just nerfed him because they knew it was like oh, way like, too right, good. We'll, we'll, we'll bring him back. And they're like, all right, you're the Hydra, screw it. Let's change the meta. Um, let's definitely a little bit too much of a coincidence that the year of the Hydra is coming yeah. out and Trigor is coincidentally all over the place. Like, yeah. Just yeah. super buffed. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things where... Also, another thing they really need to change, even if in a hypothetical scenario where they don't want to nerf Trigor at all, don't make him trigger off of things that have already died or as he's dying. Yes. Like, that's so incredibly stupid, and it feels very similar, like a worse version of the, the old Brucon uh, Chain Lightning, where it's like, oh, you could bounce on a already dead thing. And... Yeah. They showed, like, they don't really want that to be a thing, so I'm really surprised it is with Trigor. Like, uh, a great example of this is, like, let's say you lose a unit to Trigor if you're playing, like, the Mirror or something. You just throw in Vol'jin, and it's like, all right, now I have my great AoE to clean them up. Well, your Vol'jin's basically dead, because as if unless that Trigor dies Trigor first... bounces double-hitting it, like, with those... Yeah, with it double-hits it as it dies, and yeah, it's just, like... Silly. It's really stupid. It, it, yeah. it should not be. It also ends up being relevant sometimes because sometimes you'll have like, let's say you'll kill one of their units with your guy, especially if it's like a summon from like Kazakus or Nefarian or something. So you'll kill it, but then your Trigor will trigger. It will overkill it. So it does nothing for you, but that damages your Trigor because they see their thing getting hit and then their Trigor hits your oh, Trigor. Trigor goes back. Yeah, there is so many. I, I honestly, so I, like I said, or kind of Elizabeth and I, we were both kind of taking a degree of a break while in, in the most recent Trigor meta where it's just been nonstop. Like, it's actually crazy to me that 
everybody is still the trigor is just still the thing like when i yep. took a break trigor was the thing this is probably the longest period of time where like a character who is just this super dominant but i mean it's not, i would you say that it's not a, is trigor's on a valera level of strength now like yeah is, is that I actually fair to say no. that's insane yeah. yeah that's crazy but i mean now at this point it is just clearly okay we had a valera that was super nasty for months and now we have a red guy. I mean, the problem is we went straight into local R and then also Trigor. Yeah. So it's been kind of like a red guy winter for this, like a like a red guy protector spring of back-to-back, like very pushed protectors. Is it just the caster's turn next? Like, is are we just going to rotate through the meta in that sense where it's like, all right. I mean, kind of like in standard, right? Where mm-hmm. OTKs are playable for a year. And then right now they kind of gut them. Take them away from us for a little while. Let the other player base essentially get to play their deck when it's in a good position in the meta. So, like, in this case, it's being translated as let the protector players or, like, let the beast players play their deck. The problem is, like we were saying, just kind of like local art, tribor, local art are just... If the number is good, the number is good. And you just start playing it in decks that don't actually have that tribal line. I mean, when we were doing our tier lists forever ago, it mm-hmm. was really pretty heavily weighted towards... By the way, if this guy can play outside of their tribe, then they are going to just be that much better. And we started to see eventually, once there were enough mercs out, mm-hmm. the crazy, like, Rag, Varden, Valera, like, good stuff mid-range piles that mm-hmm. are just the definition of when the number is good, you can put them all into a deck, and it actually just... If your opponent's numbers aren't bigger than yours, you're kind of stuck. Or you have to kill the Trigor, and it's just a mess. Yeah. And another thing, too, is just it's another Merc that has super fast ability, one speed. Mm-hmm. And on turn one that you're using it, there's nothing you can do about it. It happens yep. turn one, cool one down. speed. Yeah. If there was a cooldown or something, then, you know, it wouldn't be as bad. But That'd be a huge, right yeah, away, huge change. You, you just can't, yeah, you can't do anything. Like, honestly, that could fix it. If there was one cooldown, because the Trigor also coming into the game later, too, if people put them on the bench, is not as good as starting. And if mm-hmm. it does start, you can hit every enemy mercenary you don't have to worry you can kind of set up for next turn so adding just like a one cooldown i think honestly would be a good change too yeah i mean it would probably just you you would imagine that it would just gut the merc at that point like it would just be too unplayable uh like if it actually had the cooldown or again like you have to start bringing it off the bench like you were saying but i mean maybe that's just the trend that we're seeing is that a lot of these mercs that have these very dumb like format warping mechanics it's as if we very quickly got to the point where the format warping abilities don't have cooldowns and it felt Mm -hmm. like in the beginning of the game they were pretty one-to-one pretty clear like okay chain lightning great these things had two cooldown like dragon queens gave it or whatever on alex Strasser, right they're just like they're they're scared of this ability we'll stick a two cooldown on things like that and now all of a sudden we're having abilities that are even better with one or two entire turns faster of activation just like repetition it's very surprising that we kind of escaped the cooldown as a barrier tree for strength of these mercs and they have it's been pretty non-stop again like local r valera um trigor kazak is even kind of on a certain level now but kazak is also just like a cool supporter merc but yes it's interesting how they definitely it feels like they have kind of abandoned uh cooldown as like kind of a balancing mechanic it makes it even funnier to to revisit some of these older launch marks where it's like they were very 
clearly balancing around that like why does alex straza's third ability have two cooldown like two cooldown is so so much like i i did a little video looking at uh the kind of first time we got to see mercenaries and whatnot their first showcase of it some of the stuff was different and one of the things that was different we actually saw a character sheet for Tyrion, and so we know some of the other characters were in like different colors but we didn't actually get to see what most of them actually did but Tyrion, it had all his stuff so we could like see how uh how Tyrion has changed one he used to be red he was a protector so oh i don't think he was red before That's yeah funny. he was red originally there were a bunch of other characters in different roles mutanus was red which makes a lot of sense rag and mouth were blue uh, Baron Green. Yeah, and we know that one because of his treasure. Uh, some of the the treasures that are available in PVE are uh, role specific, and even though they changed the character, they didn't actually change the treasure pool in some ways. So that's why I think I don't know if it ever got fixed, but there was a bug with Galvangar where he was definitely he used to be. I think a protector because when you had to get his boon coins it said get fighter boons but you actually had to get protector boons otherwise it wouldn't progress so it, it's interesting but the cool thing with Tyrion was they actually changed him pretty significantly um mm -hmm. it, it was like they made it one his death rattle used to be better it was plus 10 plus 10 so plus 8 plus 8 so small thing but mm -hmm. also uh Death blow changed. Like originally, um, what's it called? Originally, they had it where it was. I think at some point someone mentioned this. I don't know though. Uh, but I feel like it came up. But apparently, they had overkill as the death blow mechanic. Uh oh, okay. Um, same kind of thing where you know you get a kill, you get a trigger, and it was the same one I believe where you get the divine shield, but. Uh, I think the reason they changed that is because it felt really, it would feel really bad if you had exact damage on something and then you just don't get the trigger because you're not overkilling. So it, I think that was a really good change. Um, they also had his buff ability, his second skill, Blessing of Kings. Uh, that was one cooldown. Um, so that's a huge change right there. I know Tyrion would be just incredibly stacked with that at one cooldown, and his... that's divine shield on turn two. Exactly, like, and you could just use it more times during a game. Like mm -hmm. nowadays, it's like, well, if you might get that off once with Tyrion, like, but you're never getting that off twice most of the time in a game because the Tyrion will die or the game will end before you have him out for like four turns, right? Yeah. And and then the final ability was really interesting it wasn't like the the fast humility it was something more along the lines of divine shield stuff so i think it was like you you give your other characters uh divine shield but that one it had two cooldowns so instead of being one cooldown that one was actually two i think one of the items made it so he got divine shield two or something so it was more defensive focused um but i thought that was really interesting and It'd be cool if we could get to see some more of like what these what, characters were be, like. Yeah, because yeah, like what the Twitter post is begging to happen. So yeah, right. Then you just have Charles throws out into the Twitter sphere. Like, <laughs> I mean, is there really any 
I think it'd be a cool talking point and, and you mm -hmm. probably wouldn't reveal too much or like tip your hand too much. No, because oh, it's all past info, be. right? Like they're not giving us yeah. any new information. It's just like stuff that happened stuff. along the road. Like I'd love to know uh, why they made the changes that they did because apparently I, I had someone mentioned to me like long time ago that a lot of these changes were done very close to launch and that's kind of evident when you see uh, that a lot of this stuff was still unchanged as recently as their first showcase, which I think was like August and the game launched in October, right? So in terms of game dev, it's a pretty short span of time and they changed a lot in terms of the roles. I don't think a lot of the abilities changed as much. But we don't really know because like Tyrion was the only one I was able to find that had an actual like ability card showing what he did. Uh, they had some other ones up, but those ones I think all stayed the same. They didn't really change. But, like, one thing I really wish they would revert from, like, way back then, make Mutanus a protector. Like, that unit screams protector. Like, I think since launch, everyone was just like, this, why is this a fighter? Like, and we did learn a little bit in uh, one of the, the Twitter posts from Charles that they do want certain tribes to be more focused on certain roles. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, these tribes aren't ever going to get, uh, fill in for that third slot they don't specialize in but it's not going to be as common he said you know eventually probably every tribe will have stuff in each class but they want some tribes i guess for kind of like their identity to mm -hmm. be focused on more than or just like one or two specific units like murlocs are more about casters and fighters than protectors and i still think we're going to get a sir finley protector murloc or some other protector murloc um but it's kind of weird because I don't really, I think it could be fine in PVE, but in terms of PVP, especially in the current environment, it feels like it's really hard to uh, make that kind of strategy or philosophy work because now, like we were talking about how it's like protector winter, right? Like, uh, good luck if you have a very fighter heavy uh, opener. You're going to get eaten alive by Trigor. Like, he's just absolutely going to destroy you. Um, and it's like, I don't think there's, there's just not like, I can't like make a, a decision like, oh, well, I'll just run this different equipment or this other character to help like tech against it. Because a lot of these, especially with like the Murlocs, they have so much tribal synergy. And mm -hmm. this is something I've seen a few people kind of complaining about in Standard, even though Generally, the, the reception of the, the format has been pretty good, post-nerfs and stuff. Um, I do think tribal is one of those things that it's, like, very polarizing in terms of if people enjoy it or not. Like, because tribal can be really fun, but it's also usually very linear, and it yeah. doesn't give you as much room to, say, like, experiment with different things, because especially in, like, standard or even mercenaries, you're limited in those tribes because we only have so many characters to choose from. Like, yeah, there's over 70 mercenaries but how many of those characters are undead or murlocs it's like or, or even frost frost which has been incredibly powerful there are only four, four frost units in the game so it's like you can't even be like oh i want to try something different with frost it's like now i'll just jam the four frost units in and then two flex units and then call it a day so yeah. it'll get better over time probably as the pool expands um but that obviously is going to take Quite a bit of time especially now that like 
the release cycle has changed and whatnot. And I think that can be like a good segue to talk about that a bit. Um, because for anyone who doesn't know, when the year of the Hydra kind of rolled over, they told us they were changing things with the way Mercenaries releases work. And now they're going to be doing a big kind of drop every 0.4 patch, which is usually the mini set patch. So instead of doing five mercs or whatever a month, now every three or four months or whatever, it's going to be a much bigger drop. And I'm still not fully, uh, I don't have like a fully developed opinion on it. Cause like, I don't want to judge it too soon. Cause we haven't seen what this big drop is like yet, but so far it definitely feels like to me, at least it's taken away from one of the things that I think kept mercenaries pretty fresh was that like we get new characters, people would spend time leveling their characters People would mess around with it. The meta would develop. People would find some like weird counters and stuff. And just as things were starting to get like a little like, all right, this is the best and this is the best counter and stuff. Once one thing, once things had started to be figured out more before they could get like too stale, it was like, boom, new characters, things are changing. And I think it may have been a bit too fast for the general audience for sure. Like I've gotten a lot of comments about that. So, so I think there was... A bit more of a middle ground they could have found where it's like maybe monthly is too quickly but also doing it in the same like style of regular hearthstone expansions where it's like three times a year feels like it's kind of too slow like because if they're gonna do that and i said this as soon as they announced this change if they're gonna do that type of change they really need to more heavily commit to being willing to make more regular balance updates like we see in other formats because the the meta will eventually get stale and like personally i loved the last meta it had its problems right like frost valera could be very infuriating and even some of the other frost builds and whatnot but I really enjoyed the dragon meta and I felt like there were a ton of viable comps, a lot of interesting builds. And that's one of the few metas I don't think was fully a hundred percent figured out in terms of like what the absolute best thing was um, because there were like different counters and I saw a lot of variety on the ladder. Um, and now it's like we did a complete 180 from that. Like I played for about two hours, but over two hours last night, I did not run into a single non-Trigor build. It was Trigor all the way down. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's not unbeatable, but you either have to play a very specific counter that's bad into a lot of other stuff, or you have to use Trigor to counter Trigor. You might change the build a little bit in your opener or your backline, but it's Trigor versus Trigor. And there's so much uh, kind of rng involved with that it feels like your decisions don't matter quite as much is one of the the bigger issues like i've just been like mentally checked out from like the majority of the games i've been playing it's like i don't even care if i win like i, I look back after like five minutes it's like oh i won that's a, that's a different problem yeah cool it's like a, a competitive like health of the format kind of like what are you playing for right yeah certain, exactly level, that's part of the problem is that we don't have the competitive top end i mean we were saying this months ago oh mm -hmm. gone again yeah. rip oh. um we were saying this months ago that if the competitor always oh, back nice maybe yeah uh, i'm here the stream the competitive top little, end but... isn't there then mm -hmm. no one is driving the actual 
metagame conversation in the same way. It's just purely player perception. Mm -hmm. And then at that point, if everyone just agrees that Trigor... At least we're back. Apologies for the uh, the inconvenience. Nice. It's it's we are live though. The recording's back. I need to get my audacity back up because I did do a computer restart, but that's no problem. Um, but yeah, so what, what we were talking about were or so Wizardbeast and I were talking about when, mm. in the reset about how Wizardbeast has some sweet tech for Trigor that he was saying was working out pretty well. Oh really? We can share in a second too. But like, I guess the question before Wizardbeast starts talking about his tech for anti-Trigor stuff is, do you believe that it is something that's is the Trigor question of the format at the moment actually a question that is kind of outside of the players' hands to solve, or do you think? Like, we're just not trying hard enough, essentially. Like, is is it just the DPS of Trigor is simply too high, like, as an actual mm -hmm. outlier, and it on a certain level, you literally can't push through it? Or are is are there strategies that are, people are just kind of, like, defaulting to because of player perception? Like, do you think that we're just not trying hard enough? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, in one, on one hand... Trigor isn't uncounterable, right? Like, there are builds that you can do to kill him on turn one. Like, we've seen some Shadow Valera, Shadow Samuro, even Nature Open has kind of come back a little bit. Um, but the thing is, those builds, one, they're not very... I mean, I guess the, the Shadow builds are kind of okay, but they're not that great. Like, yeah, you can kill the Trigor before he does his really powerful stuff. Great. The rest of the comp usually is so synergistic that it doesn't matter as much because your units don't really counter what the rest of their units are trying to do. So you kind of have to go all in on killing this Trigor, right. and then that makes your comp kind of weaker against everything else they're running. So it's yeah. kind of like a critical mass thing where it's just like Trigor is kind of pushing these units that were already good into being even better because now there's another must kill threat. It's like with Frost originally, right? Like when Localar got introduced to Frost, a really big kind of problem or like decision you had to make in the early game is hey, Jaina and Localar are both out. They both scale Frost damage a ton. What do I target? Do I target the Jaina first because we got to get rid of that ice block because otherwise she's guaranteed living a whole nother turn? Um, mm -hmm. or do we target the Localar because if we don't, he's just going to be buffing up their whole Frost team. And it's kind of a, like, lose-lose situation because when you target one, the other's just fine and ends up rolling you over. Uh, like, again, it wasn't uncounterable, and Trigor isn't uncounterable, but I think the, particularly, like, the best comps that have been using him, like the, the Diablo build, the Sylvanas in the back, um, yeah. and just, it's funny, we all thought Kazakus was good and Kazakus was seeing play on release but he skyrocketed up in this Trigor metagame because the synergy just became so good and Vulgen stocks went up right because now it pays to have a fast blue to come in off the bench to revenge kill the Trigor so it's oh, yeah. like in the mirror now if you lose your Trigor first it's not even always a downside because a lot of the time you're not getting much value from Trigor on turn two which is why if he did get a one cooldown change, that would like totally like completely change everything about the character. Sure. Um, I do think another suggestion that I really liked uh, was, and this is kind of a thematic suggestion, is what if Tri Trigor has three heads, right? At, at full size, 
Hydra, three heads. That's what they're known for. Backlash only triggers three times. You can't trigger more than three times in a turn. So it could still trigger off you sending your stuff in and whatnot, but then it would only trigger once more after that if you get both things hit. So that's like, if they want to keep him powerful, but not like punishing literally everything you do, that's an approach they could take with it. But I, I do think there are ways to enough? counter. I think that's too much damage still. I, I think it's a I lot of damage is still. Even three yeah. is that. That's why I was like, is the is the solution even one that is like reasonable to put into the player's hands? Because like, if you theoretically, you should be able to take every single mark in the game mm -hmm. and do a chart for every single one of them for what their average turn one damage is when they're opened, and there will be these absurd outliers and i think trigor localar and those ones are the ones that are like ludicrously off the charts mm -hmm. and i think there's a huge argument to say that at a certain damage number especially when you can't one shot it mm -hmm. it's too much it's simply too much like you can't play around why, it. why is like, it different yeah. than every other merc and like you were saying with this kind of mandatory like okay do we do we kill Jaina or do we kill localar at the end of the day that question is a good question that is like mm -hmm. a healthy cool metagame like you that's what your opponent is squeezing you with they're saying hey we have these two different options which which path are you going to take and they can kind of like play with that in their bench and blah 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 but it shouldn't be here are two paths doesn't matter which one you pick because the other one literally kills you if you don't mm -hmm. take it it yep. almost feels as if we just need to take everybody's damage and cut it in half but keep everybody's health the same and I wonder what that format would look like, because I think it would be a lot more interesting. But as an interesting I'm probably idea. of the opinion that Trigor just simply as a his DPS number is simply too, too high. And I think you either, like you said, you either reduce the number of charges or whatever it has. But I think three is still too high. It's still doing like 60 to it's a lot of damage, damage yeah. or whatever. Way, way too much. Um, I think you just have to change the retaliation damage. I, I think it mm -hmm. shouldn't trigger when you punch something, because then you're actually allowed now you can just fully focus it and it doesn't do anything like try yeah. should kind of not do anything if you just attack only it that's what the point of the ability in my opinion should kind of be so i would like to see that kind of change but i know wizard beast was saying that he has some spicy murloc tech for trigor oh really part of the truth yeah. so yeah what i've been using for tech is actually mutanus really um uh, because a lot of the things that you know work with Trigor is people attacking in. Mm -hmm. So when you go Mutanus, and then you take the equipment, uh, I think it says Necklace. Yeah, so it makes your no scaly crit taunt. damage, right? Yeah, no crit damage, and take three less damage. So yeah. he's taking eight less damage from every source and can't be crit. Is that one speed, so, too? Or what speed is that? Yep, one speed. Yeah, one. So he basically makes it so anything that runs in, it's hitting just him. So think of like, um, mm -hmm. I've seen some of the beast builds that run Ilf Mukla. Uh, I've seen some of the dragons, even the Kazakas Diablo. You're running into him and, you know, he's just blocking tons and tons of damage because the Trigor, say it goes to 19. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, about 19 unless it has like Kazakas buff or something. Eight less damage is only 11 every time it's triggering there because it's also no crit. And then Nefarian, if he's running in, it's only doing like eight damage or so. Um, then even that dragon running in is only doing four damage. Then Trigor hitting, it's only another 11. So Mutanus, I've had him live always into turn two. And then he'll, most of the time, sometimes he goes even in turn three. Mm -hmm. But if he dies turn two, that's fine. He still blocks almost everyone hitting him. And then what I've been doing is I've been pairing him 
Uh, there's three builds I've been messing around to see which one's the best. Mm -hmm. First has been um, Shadow, just straight up, just heavy shadow damage. Uh, you could do like Nat, Vol'jin, or even have like your own Kazakus mm -hmm. and do the Golems because it doesn't matter who they hit. Yeah, because they just die you... the damage anyway. You yeah, so if Sylvanas you... on the bench with that, then that'd, that'd be kind of sweet. Yeah, I've done that where I've had um, Sylvanas, you know, go up to like 80 attack off it. Mm -hmm. And you just have Mutanus just going through. Um, so that's been one is like mm. Shadow. Another one I've tried is Arcane, where you open Millhouse and Long, mm -hmm. and you're just charging your Arcane. And then when Mutanus dies, you just bring in Tronde, because most of the time their Trigor is already dead or about yeah, to die. Yeah, that makes sense. And then you already have Millhouse just ramping up that Arcane damage the whole time, plus three every turn. So, and then Longjin, of course, just a crazy Arcane Merc doing all of that damage, and then also mm -hmm. can have rollover. Yeah, and you can um, punish them too with that uh, uh, kind of blowback damage from skill two. Yeah, no, so it's been really good. And then also the third one of which I've been trying was also, I think it's been probably my favorite one so far, mm -hmm. has been Nature Dragons with it. Really? So you go, yeah, you go you on, and then you go Mutanus, and then you go Brightwing. Brightwing, so, wow. Yeah, cause, and then for you, I take the plus six Oh, the nature um, damage? Yep. So then turn Yeah, that gets out two, of control. Right wing is hitting for like, I think it's like 46 or something Jeez. on turn two to a red. That's a so lot. You, yeah, you just blow up. And then especially even if there's dragons too, like say Nefarian's in that, you just kill Nefarian turn one. It's fine if the Trigor hits your U on once. You know, you just Ooh, yeah. kill him instantly. Mm -hmm. So it works against any green attackers that are coming in. If there's a lot of red, Brightwing kills in. Mutanus blocks all the damage. And then also Brightwing has a great AoE heal. So then you're also healing up your Mutanus. I've had my Mutanus live all the way to the endgame sometimes wow. and still be alive. So That's pretty neat. It, I like it. Yeah, so, it's been, so, yeah, the people just not trying hard enough? I think they might well, not be trying hard enough. <laughs> the one if, thing, if you're though... there's like 10 Trigor games in a yeah. course of like 10 games, then the yeah. people yeah. should be acting. I mean, yeah. So yeah one thing sure. is, if you have just Trigor Trigor games, it works. But the only problem is Mutanus does nothing versus any of the shadow things yep. or anything that goes around him. Because if he does attack, it's only nine damage, and if it's a blue, it's eighteen, mm -hmm. and that's your whole turn with him. Yeah, that's and nothing. his third so skill is do, useless right now. Like yeah. it doesn't do anything. Do anything, right? It, like it actively like mm -hmm. it's it's a PVE skill, right? Like. It yeah. can be kind of cool in PvE, but it's really not relevant in PvP currently. Maybe we get some more new Murlocs, but that's interesting, mm -hmm. and definitely something I will have to try out for sure. I messed around with Mutanus when he first got buffed, because I really like that mm -hmm. change to the taunt, but kind of like you said, he doesn't really do anything on his own, and so he's mm -hmm. very much more of a one-button support merc, and I think one of the, the biggest issues I had with him way back then was if your Mutanus gets slowed... It's effectively like he's frozen because he's doing nothing for a turn. <laughs> like if you slow that Mutanus and he cannot get his uh, taunt going, like well, you could attack and that does nothing, or you could press his skill three, which also does nothing. So it's just like <laughs> it felt really bad, and that's kind of the 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 point I wanted to bring up with. You know, I do think there are counters out there. Like I tried one build that was doing pretty good uh, from Sign of Times, where it was it's like. Alira, Belinda, Lich King, and you get that fast uh, water elemental. Also, kind of crazy, Grom is like extinct. Like, Grom doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. And that's pretty nuts, because Grom, 
like GVT, all that was like such a, a main kind of stay aggro deck and Grom showed up in a bunch of stuff and he's still a great mercenary, but like he does not show up in anything anymore. So because of that, you can kind of get away with the, the one trick Alira combos where it's like you only have one combo enabler because you're not getting slowed turn one. Oh, that sounds a good point, and, yeah. and then you can speed up the elemental, freeze one of their threats, um, and then the Lich King's slow is actually fantastic on Trigor because then they can't get off their ability again on turn two. And you can just, then you're fast from Valera too, so you're going to be faster than them. And then you just kill it before it does anything. So, like, that kind of worked for me as a counter. But, like Wizard Beast was saying, the problem with these counter builds is that they kind of work. It, it works against that. But one, I think a lot of time, like they, it's not like a, uh, it's not like a, a 80, 20% matchup. Like I think a lot of the yeah. times the Trigor comp can still win, even if Trigor doesn't do very much, just because the synergy mm -hmm. between all the other units is so powerful. And it's kind of like that discussion we had before about like, well, what do I target? Well, you have to target the Trigor, but by like not targeting the other stuff, you start letting it get out of hand. Uh, that's why I've seen Tyrion has become much more prominent in both, uh, leads and the bench because sylvanas is in like a million different comps he also has the ability to shrink trigor down or even get that uh that divine shield death blow off killing trigor which can be kind of nice so like Tyrion stocks have gone up because being able to shrink something to one attack and do it quickly is a very powerful thing in this meta but again it, it's like it doesn't it feels kind of rock paper scissorsy and even then, it's not, like, a guarantee. Like, if I'm putting all this tech in to beat this one thing, and then I'm still not even, like, still crushing losing. them every time, like, yeah. that's kind of problematic. It's like, like, I've tried, like, so many different tech things. I will have to try uh, Wizard Beast's suggestion, though, because that sounds fun. But I tried, like, Xyrella to, like, shrink it and deal more blue damage. And I tried a bunch of stuff to, like, see, is there anything that... And I tried a bunch of dragon stuff too. And it makes me so sad that the dragons are kind of gone because kind of like what you said before, Malhu, about like maybe just toning down damage numbers could be kind of a thing. Like that was my favorite thing about the dragon meta was even though like the numbers did get high and stuff, those were some of the longer games we've seen in mercenaries. It almost felt like a control mirrors in a yeah. in a way where it's like you had a lot of decisions to make and the decisions were not always very straightforward and doing one of those decisions wrong or just not 100% optimally could totally shift the course of a game. And I thought that was some of the most interesting and kind of skill testing mercenaries and just fun because I was constantly thinking about what do I do and how does that outcome work out? And it was not very RNG based either. Like you actually had to think about like everything that was going to happen because depending on what you did, it was going to happen a certain way. It wasn't, unless there was a speed tie, the, nothing was really being left up to chance there. So I think that's the other problem with this is the the RNG makes it kind of consistently inconsistent where it's like not inconsistent enough to be bad, but it's inconsistent enough to make the play experience not great, especially in the mirror. And so it's like, yeah, I can tech against it, and I might win maybe more than I lose against it, maybe. But like, I lose to literally almost everything yeah, I lose else. Lose everything else, and what's the point? Exactly. 
we were talking about the randomness like element because I think that I think that is a big it's going to be a big part of mercenaries going forward of like how does the game respond to and treat randomness because we were talking about how beginning of the game there was borderline no randomness whatsoever I would say it felt pretty good mm -hmm. um and then but once we started to get a couple random effects we realized oh actually the almost two flow charted matchups start to feel bad if every if all the numbers are very face up and assuming the two players are of like a high enough elo where they're you've got enough reps and you're doing the math or you've run into it enough times or you're doing mm -hmm. like a lot of math very quickly it starts to get actually like pretty obvious what is going to happen or kind of what has to happen so then a little bit of randomness actually feels pretty good i know like when i was playing the even just var like i mean varden is now different but local r was kind of the big one where it was like mm -hmm. the randomness from local r while being kind of when it was still fighting against valera and you were the good guy it was it felt pretty good from a control deck perspective where every game was a little bit different there were you did have to respond to an ever-shifting battlefield and I think that feels good. But like we said, we're now starting to realize that maybe too much randomness, like especially the Kazakis plus Trigor interaction, like those kind of things with like summoning a random dude that attacks, triggers random retaliation damage, mm -hmm. and then randomly shoots a laser. Randomness yeah. and like these big numbers actually I think feels kind of bad where we're starting to see people just like getting one shot randomly. That part I think is maybe the biggest issue or just too much randomness. But I think a little bit is really good and mm -hmm. makes the game interesting at first. Maybe again, maybe we just need to have less randomness in the opener. Maybe that's a, a feedback loop that we're starting to feel is that Trigor and Lokalar and the Kazakis stuff, when it's turn one, I mean, Leroy, I guess to us, maybe extent but when it's I think Leroy one, is good random like Leroy like, yeah yeah is that's much better random, in my happening opinion. in random order that's not as bad yeah. yeah just like people dying at random that doesn't feel great and so do you again do you change the number of the actual damages being output do you just change that like where it happens within the game because if we're right a lot of our self-reporting is coming from oh we went against a local R or oh we went against a Trigor something random of mine died mm -hmm. and i almost couldn't play around it if it was the bad one for me i'm just dead if it was the good one for me the problem is their damage is so high that there is no good one for you so mm -hmm. it's a very weird situation that we're in and trigor is almost like distracting us from the fact that he's like semi-random but it feels like it's just a damage problem it feels like randomness is okay not too much is fine but it just can't be one-shotting your dude at random. Yeah. That, I think that's really what feels the worst. And these, like, long, protracted control mirrors, like you're saying, are actually pretty fun as long as you... Even if you lose. That was one yeah. of my favorite parts about Mercenaries is, like, these 30-minute games where I'm just in the tank every second all the way through, those are some of the most fun games, even if you lost. But mm -hmm. when you're just getting OTK'd on turn one by randomness, you're you're hard-pressed to put a string of words together that's, like less fun when it comes to the average like hard game experience so yeah for sure that's a great way of yeah no it. i i really hope they do change the randomness up a little bit and not have it too much and kind of like how you were saying Mohu, is it might be just too much on opener yeah. like it feels terrible when you have an opener and a guy just dies turn one by random and it hasn't even acted yet or something mm -hmm. you know that feels terrible like i would rather have it you know an opener where we're both going back and forth like mm -hmm. i would love to have opener where actually it's not possible to kill anyone turn one 
Yeah. Like, exactly. I feel yeah. that would be great. Just go through the game. Like, hey, I'm actually mm-hmm. playing the game not okay, I lost the guy turn one. I'm already down to five. I've done nothing. Might as well concede or something, you know? I would rather have a longer game kind of drawn out. And then, oh, maybe there's a big flip in between, and oh, now they're starting to be favored or something. Maybe I could flip it back. Not just turn one kind of can decide the game, maybe turn two, because it seems more as the meta has progressed and the game has gone on, a lot of that has come up more and more. It's just earlier turns are way more important than the later yeah. turns, it seems like now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think and that's just a phenomenon that you see in every game ever, I would argue, that mm-hmm. like as it gets refined, people start to figure out, like, all right, how do I start winning immediately? How do I just make my opponent want to concede right away? <laughs> that, yeah. that becomes the MO of every competitive everything. And power creep, right? Like, there was very blatant power creep in, like, the, the mercs that have come out over time compared to the launch mercs. And I do... And like kind of hope and i think they will end up doing this i think they're going to have to buff up more of these launch characters or some of the the uh just less played mercenaries because i think one of the the great things is like they have such a big pool of mercenaries that's like as you can see with this change with trigor and stuff like yeah they didn't get it 100 percent right on trigor right but like it's kind of the minority when you look at all the different things that got changed. Some changes were more consequential than others, but like pretty much every other character, the changes were pretty positive and it even enabled some characters to see a lot more play. Like I think Tyronda is like a gold standard oh, yeah. of what you should shoot for if you're trying to really buff up a character. Cause like yeah. it helped a tribe that was under supported. It gave us a role and a kind of play style that hadn't been previously possible to do and it did that all of that by just buffing a character we already had and i think she was one of the free characters too so i think that is just a great example but and they've brought this up before for like standard and stuff buffing characters can be pretty tricky because they don't really have the same level of data to look at when you're buffing a character versus when you're nerfing it like, I bet we could count the amount of Trigor comps on, like, two hands before this this buff, right? Like, people tried it, and there were there was some kind of cool fringe things. Like, I remember Signs had some, like, builds he was liking with it. But eventually, it just was like he wasn't doing enough to be worth the inclusion in the respective metagame. And now he's doing far too much. Like, literally, I was scrolling the HS Replay stuff before we started up today. And I think, like nine out of ten comps it's either trigor or frost or both and that's it (laughs) that's like all the top comps are are just slight variations like yeah maybe this build has cookie over sinestra or over an an arcane back or the sylvanas backline but like it's really just like a merc or two different of the same comp and that kind of creates a problem we've seen since the beginning of mercenaries where mirror matches a lot of the times in this game are not the most enjoyable thing because of like it naturally leads to more coin flip situations and i don't think coin flips are an inherently bad thing especially when you can like play into them a bit by like stacking your abilities and stuff but i mean they even mentioned at launch i remember paul mentioned it where it's like yeah mirror matches can be a little bit of a problem but we're hoping as the pool expands, you know, there'll be more options in the field and there'll be less of a problem. Well, the problem is that now, like, one comp or one core is so dominant that even if it's not in 100% mirror, either the opening is a mirror or it's, like, close enough to being a mirror that it just plays out the same. 
it's kind of interesting like the the launch meta I think it was cool and fun, but one of the problems it had was sometimes games felt kind of predetermined. Like there was so little to no RNG that's like I if I was playing a really good player and we both knew our decks really well, I could tell you basically almost exactly how that game was gonna play out. Like I remember when we did some testing a little while ago, Mal, who we were like kind of telegraphing like some of the early lines, right? And then Eventually, in the late game, it would just get too complex. You couldn't telegraph that every turn. But usually those first two or three turns, for some comps, it's like, yeah, I know exactly what they're going to do and what it's going to do. And so I think there's a uh, a better balance to be found because I think if you have it too predictable, then it's like it, it just feels like you're going through the motions. But if you have it like it is now it feels like I'm flipping coins and I'm just like, I'm, I'm more watching the game than being an active participant in the <laughs> game. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it's a hard thing to balance. I mean, we've seen them have trouble with this in like other formats in Hearthstone, right? Like there've been times in Hearthstone where RNG discover stuff has been way, way too strong. And then they kind of go to that the other side with like quests and all that, where it's like, yeah, I have a set game plan. It's going to play out the same most turns and, and, those different styles appeal to different players, right? Like some people are going to enjoy one more than the other, but I think there is like a happy medium to find where it's like, yeah, there's some RNG, but it's kind of like skill testing RNG. Um, and yeah. I don't think the Trigor meta is that right now. I was going to say, I think of you saying there, there's like two things in chat too, that I want to combine into one answer to respond with chat mm -hmm. about this. Cause I think there's a cool question in there and it ties into Yogg and it ties into kind of what you're talking about, like random generation, is something that we've seen in Hearthstone before. And then Yogg, like, especially Yogg himself, as well as like Puzzle Box and those kind of things, mm -hmm. actually set a really interesting precedent for how randomness has been treated in Hearthstone that probably should make its way into mercenaries. But so first, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, when you think of it in terms of like the most ran the most frustrating randomness that comes up in Hearthstone for the most part tends to be, I think, in recent history, like you said, random generation, like priest mm -hmm. random generation where mm -hmm. I can no longer feel as if I know what my opponent is doing. Yeah. So I can't play around it and that starts to feel bad. But again, in Hearthstone, all that they're doing is they're generating a, a card to then use. Mm -hmm. And in here in Mercenaries, the difference and the problem is, is that they're not generating a summon. Like it's like a cookie fish or something like that. Like that type of random generation is actually pretty cool and interesting when it's randomly killing you. It's not randomly discovering a card that is like you just hit, you randomly discover a Murazond, and then the Murazond gets you a bunch of value, and all of a sudden you have this crazy late game. No, it's just, oh, I randomly died. And that is just so much different, and it feels really bad. But what's cool is that, the, so the question from chat was basically, do we want, how do we want randomness to be associated with the best comp in the game? Or how do we want, ran should randomness be something utilized by the best thing? because it means that you have to respond and react all the time, or should it be a disruptive tool, blah, blah, blah. But I think things like Yogg, where OG Yogg, if you cast enough spells, you just cast a million random spells. People started to realize that the way you actually think about Yogg as a card was a statistically reliable board clear, not just random. On face value, OG Yogg and even Puzzle Box looked like anything can happen i just don't know it could literally be anything but no it actually wasn't just anything the average run out of a yog was the board is clear 
And it took people a little while to realize that, but the fact that it was kind of manipulated RNG later in the game, I mm -hmm. think was just as as the idea that like, oh, there is this ticking time bomb where randomness will do something not random and you can harness that energy and take advantage of it. But you had to build to it. Whereas mm -hmm. early, early, early randomness should it should either be disruptive or generative, not destructive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas the saying. late game randomness should be destructive because you built to like enough kind of experimental steam to then I'm, I'm the evil genius that knows my random yog better than you. And I channel yog and I go mm -hmm. crazy and I get my outcome. It will feel random to you, but believe me, I, the yog master know that it's not. And I think just like it's tying that into mercenaries and kind of getting away from the random destruction and instead either being random equalizing or a random advantage. But the fact that it's going all the way over the line into just kind of completely fundamentally changing the way that the game is gonna run out right away feels tough. So I would like to see something like that where like the, either the random deck is the Yogg deck, right? Like make it a whole deck. Make mm -hmm. it be like, oh, you're gonna play the random cheeser dog deck. That's okay, that's fine. I think having that type of all-in commitment is, is, is good. But like we were saying, the problem is you get things like Lokalar, you get things like Trigor where I don't need it to be in a tribe. I don't need it to be in mm -hmm. my Yogg tribe deck. I just jam it and it's, it's flat numbers are too much. So it ends up not just being random advantage, but like I said, just random destruction. I think that's the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it, I think. And one other thing that I think is really worth mentioning that creates like a fundamental difference between randomness in Hearthstone, like constructed and mercenaries is as in all card games, there is inherent randomness to your draw RNG right. that does right. not exist in mercenaries. There is no such thing as top decking the right card in the mercenaries right imagine if you had to shuffle your bench i actually <laughs> thought that's how i was supposed to be in, in like in the original time i thought it was going to be like here's your deck of six shuffle it run it like that oh would like rant so like it, it just throws yeah. out three dudes yeah. and you, that that's okay. cool like mode or something yeah, yeah. like an alternate we'll format wrong. yeah like I, I really hope they do something like that like this game mode has more potential to have more modes in it you know do a mode draft <laughs> like different yeah like have it where maybe there's less mercs in it or you have more on the battlefield at once like do like a weekly tavern brawl thing like imagine having like only two in play at a time or something yeah one v ones imagine six just boom your whole deck's on the battlefield like something crazy you know they could do like fun things like that and it's just like hey you know get a free pack do it mm -hmm. get one win just like a simple thing like that you know I mean, in I theory, think... the the end game PVE could have a skeleton that supports that. Like, if mm -hmm. if we're getting the whatever the raids they call it, say it's a raid or whatever, right? And that there's like yeah. multiple different rooms to the raid, or like say they jump straight to the first one that comes to mind is kind of like uh, Ice Crown Citadel from mm -hmm. WoW, where it was like mm -hmm. you have these raids that are very distinctly kind of like. There's a room over there. There's a room over there. There's a room yep. over there. And there's stuff in the middle, but each room can be very much so kind of a distinct area. That boss has a flavored boss fight, right? And mm -hmm. that is kind of what the, in a way, we've basically taken the raid experience from WoW and put it in a linear perspective where you don't really have options to go to one or the other. You just kind of go from the beginning to the end. There's one boss at the end and you grind the mobs on the way. You could totally yep. see them restructuring it into like a, no, here's, you step into a 
grand castle. That castle has different rooms in it, and each of those rooms has a different game mode, different whatever. Uh, I mean, that's the dream, ideally, but... Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, and that's then, a neat idea. The, the main thing on top of that is they just have to make the rewards from it rewarding, too. Mm -hmm. Like, I am going to be... I would be happy of just having the gameplay, but the whole experience tied together needs to have great gameplay, great rewards. Like, yeah. the end game dot, like, style? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just figure out, like, a great way to do that you know like imagine if they just had another shop like imagine they had a separate shop like another shopping cart that comes yeah, in another with, currency yeah yeah another currency basically do that like imagine if they had just a cosmetic shop and the pve yeah. end game was just give coins and you can buy more skins or you can buy these certain skins that you want for this character you've been wanting this diamond forever get a hundred of these coins boom you craft that diamond or something you know yeah like, like that rank rewards awesome. like overwatch mm -hmm. and stuff like yeah you get the gold gun and and yep. like give like even players who that maybe they're never going to play in a big competitive tournament or they don't have any desire to but they like competing on the ladder give them you know that that carrot on the stick to be working towards like yep. i think Regular Hearthstone did a great job with that with their gold classes and hero portraits for 500 wins. That certainly did not happen quickly, but as someone who's gotten 500 wins with all the classes, like it's so satisfying to see that like animation and have that gold hero power. And it doesn't do anything to the gameplay. I'm not winning more games because I have a gold demon hunter, but it's cool. Yep. And it, it kind of shows off that little bit of sense of accomplishment that like, yeah, I've played this a bunch and I won with it a bunch. And little things like that go a long way. Um, I do want to mention the the currency thing you brought up. I think this is like a good segue into something I wanted to talk about. So I started playing this other like gotcha s game. It's like uh, Final Fantasy Brave Exodus or something. I I'm not even 100 percent what the name is. I, I've just <laughs> I been like I just clicking buttons, man. <laughs> yeah, but it's really as someone who hasn't played a ton of uh, gotcha like games, it's really kind of interesting. Yeah, that's the one. Um, uh, the it's really interesting seeing the difference because I think there are some things Mercenaries is doing great, and then there are other things that I can learn a lot from some of these other games. Like one of the things that I think is kind of a little bit overwhelming in a lot of gotchas and mercenaries doesn't really have this problem is they have so many different systems and currencies and resources uh, is is it's like it it just it's a for as me as a new player who's not trying to uh, do like tons of hours of research and all this other stuff like. I just want to click some buttons and level up these units and have some fun with it. Like I'm not taking it very seriously. I haven't even tried their like PVP mode or whatever. I've just been doing the, the fun little PVE content and I don't even know like what half of the, the rewards I get do sometimes, but naturally as you like level up characters, you figure out, Oh, this goes here and they have like a section that's kind of like the training grounds where you can level up some characters and get some rewards from that. But the big things that really stuck out to me are one, uh, I think mercenaries is not doing enough to incentivize people to actually play the game. Like especially yeah. one, one common thing you see in a lot of gotchas is catch up mechanics. They want it to be like, they acknowledge like, Hey, our game has been around for six months, a year, two years, whatever. It's hard for a new player to just pick it up and be able to get into it. So they'll have different things that can kind of speed up those mechanics. Like in this, I think they gave me a level 99 character or something. And mm -hmm. it, it sounds really OP, but like it just makes some of the fights a little bit easier and it allows me to like 
progress a little bit faster and stuff. And then I can look at that and be like, all right, what is this character doing with all like their max abilities? It gives you like kind of a baseline. The other thing that I think is a very good incentive. I really like that they're doing a lot of these games do, especially for new players, they'll do login rewards. Like we already have that with quests in Hearthstone, but quests don't really give you a lot, right? Like quests don't usually give you enough for a pack, right? And a pack isn't very much, especially in mercenaries. And whereas I logged in the other day and I, I got enough of their paid currency for free to to open like 10 characters or something. And like mm-hmm. I have no interest or desire to spend a cent in that game because I've mm-hmm. spent enough in Hearthstone and other games I've enjoyed. So it's like and a lot of these gotchas have ludicrous pricing models, which is why so many people play them for free. Because they're like, like I looked at some of their pricing and I'm just like, wow, this makes Hearthstone look budget. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it's like, I, I can't imagine ever, obviously some people do end up spending that money and stuff, but I think for a lot of these games, and we've even seen in Mercenaries, a lot of the player base ends up going free to play. And that's actually what I really recommend people a lot of the time now is like, eventually, if you stick with the mode and you enjoy playing it, you're gonna get these characters done. Like, yep. and the... The amount money speeds that up is so negligible outside of maybe just finishing your collection with some of the legendaries. It it just it really doesn't make a difference. The the main reason you're spending money in this game, in my opinion, is if you like the cosmetics, because uh, they're kind of locked behind the packs currently. Um so and the other the biggest thing that I think mercenaries should add as like a core feature that a lot of these other games have is auto battling in pve like i don't know how they do it it might have to be a little bit different but like imagine you finish all your tasks for a character you have them mostly done but you're still short three four five hundred coins or whatever and you do the math and you figure all right that's equal to what 10 coins is uh, a one one run so that's like 51 one runs now i'm getting exhausted just thinking about doing that because one one runs are not particularly fun or engaging gameplay. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing at all, which is why I'm doing something else 99% of the time. But in this other game and in most of these kind of like gotcha ass games, there'll be a button that just says boom, auto battle. Like are your characters always going to make the 100% best move? No, cuz you're auto battling. But who cares if they're still good enough to win the fight? Like, I just get to kind of sit back and relax and watch these characters and put all this time and effort into leveling and stuff. Just go destroy stuff. And it's kind of fun. Like, I found it more fun watching some of the auto battle stuff than I did doing um, the actual, like, content because I've done the content so many times and it's such a breeze. And it's like, I think I would actively play the game more if there were some kind of auto battle battle option yeah Yeah. it's it's just like you don't need to make it the main way to play but in terms of grinding it is such a big help now they do have something to kind of offset that in a lot of these games where it's like you'll have a a resource or something that replenishes so you can't just be auto battling the same stage 24 7 whereas in mercenaries yeah you can and this it's unfortunate because i think this also kind of encourages uh like single player botting to an extent because it's like yeah what is what what is the the reason that i am going to waste my time and effort to do this one one run for three hours today to finish these characters 
when you could just have an auto clicker or a program do it for you. Like I'm not advocating people do that, but it's just kind of a natural conclusion. And I think that's why so many of these games uh, do have an auto battle or function because like they know like people aren't interested. They don't want, you don't want your players to be bored playing your game, right? Like that, that creates a easy exit opportunity. Um, and but it's surprising that gotcha, like gotchas, you would almost expect to be the opposite way where, like you were saying, if where it incentivizes botting to a certain extent, mm -hmm. if in theory, the gotchas are the ones who are really dependent, I mean, by their name, the virtue of their name alone in that sense, where like when they're really dependent on people just wailing out and buying all kinds of stuff, you would think that they would be the ones even more afraid of giving people an avenue to just idly farm stuff like or to or to bot mm -hmm. in that way like you would think their economy would be more afraid of botters on a certain level because they are that much more closely tied to the monetization yeah. schedule no that makes and sense whereas in, in mercenaries you, it would almost seem like there's less at stake to worry about farming things with auto battling because you, we aren't in theory a true gotcha game but i mean yeah what it's if like halfway auto battling right? where you could lose more frequently like is Mm -hmm. is it even like what if is it that bad if they gave us an auto battler where like you kind of had to pay attention like if and you can always turn that off not the right ability but, but yeah no exactly like, be like oh, button, i would boom. rather not auto battle like if yeah. i auto battle my guys throw too much like if they're in a difficult spot you almost can't auto battle through like i think that would be kind of interesting as well yeah like late game content right like if you go throw on auto battle during uh what's it called the the harder one not the last one Alterac, uh, any heroic, like yeah. it, you're probably gonna have a bad time, even with max characters and whatnot. But like the just having it available for some of the low level farming. But yeah. I think part of the reason they don't have an auto battle system is because of their lack of spread out currencies. Now I think some gotchas do too much with all these different currencies and mechanics. But I think at the same time, mercenaries does too little. I think it's really suffering from the fact that there are two resources in this game. There are coins for your characters and there is gold, which is also useful in other Hearthstone modes, yes. but it's primarily for buying packs. And I think it really suffers from not having its own other kind of resource or currency that can be used for things because it makes it very one dimensional. Your goal is to get coins. What do you do with the coins? You level up characters until eventually you max the character, then you don't need the coins anymore. So, like, if there was, like, a bit more to it, or if you could upgrade your camp with another currency you build up from completing bounties, or there's just a lot of potential for stuff they could do. Um, like, I've said from the start, the fact that you have to use gold to upgrade your base camp is one of the stupidest decisions I think they could have made if you actually yeah, want, yeah. Uh, especially free-to-play players, trying out your game. Because if I'm a free-to-play player and I'm trying to build a deck or two or three in Standard or Wild or whatever, I'm not wasting my gold on trying out something I might not even like. Like, because It doesn't even give you anything. Like, what it gets you is just so... It doesn't even feel like you're getting anything good. It, it truly just simply feels bad. You go like, ugh, I have to... What? Why? I, I can't imagine how many people literally, when they gave us the quest line where you had to, like, do mercenaries as part of the quest or something... I how many people literally just like went into mercenaries, looked at how much gold it was to do that part of the quest and just deleted the quest mm -hmm. like before before doing that, like yeah. I, I wouldn't spend I wouldn't tell people, especially free to play players to rip 
600 gold to a thousand gold or whatever on mercenaries like that's a lot it's half a mini set right like that's that's a little bit absurd like yeah we even have your perks for battlegrounds or whatever for the same price like exactly and i think that's one of the the challenges they're gonna have to learn how to overcome is make the modes uh more complementary to each other and i think that's kind of a a uniquely hearthstone problem and especially as a, a content creator i've seen this in that not just in my own creation but in watching and interacting with other creators hearthstone has a very interesting uh kind of problem where the the people who like it usually very much enjoy it for better or for worse but a lot of the times they're like hard focused on one maybe two formats but usually like there's one format that people are like super interested in and then they either don't have the time the effort or the interest to uh, really dive into some of those other formats and it's understandable right like i started doing that little weekly news series thing this week in hearthstone talking about all the different stuff that happens in all these communities and it is a ton to keep up with like it, it there's just so much that happens it's like well i don't really play battlegrounds so i normally don't keep up with all the battlegrounds news but now i am for that show and it's like wow there's a lot of news here that like and i'm just scratching the surface so it's kind of a, a unique problem that's come about as the game has expanded and kind of Ben Lee talked about how this year they want to focus on refining what they have rather than adding like another new mode or something, which game definitely does not need right now. But it's yeah. difficult because with Hearthstone viewership, a lot of the times people want to watch their one thing and it's really hard to make them want to go in a different direction. And we can even see this in the few ways the game tries to have you do different things. Like how many people do you know that the the quest, the weekly quests come out and insta reroll that battlegrounds quest or insta reroll that uh do th- complete three quest lines or whatever it is. It's like, "Oh, I don't play a format that I can do this. I don't want to. I'm not going to do it." Like even when the game tries to nudge you with a reward, people are like, "No." Not doing it. Not interested. I want to play it my way, which is understandable. But it's like, I think, and I don't know what the perfect solution to this is because it's a hard problem to solve. But like, that's kind of the boat I was in where when I consume Hearthstone content before Mercenaries, it was predominantly wild stuff. Like I played Standard years ago, but kind of lost interest in it. So most of the time I was watching a a video or a stream or something, it was wild and whatnot. Um, and I didn't really branch out into duels or battlegrounds or standard and whatnot. And it's neat because each of these modes have their own awesome communities, but I think they can do more to kind of uh, incentivize doing like uh, having a player try a mode they wouldn't normally try. And by changing mercenaries to where it has its own kind of currency, it feels like I'm being rewarded for trying this mode and I'm not having to sacrifice any resources that I could use in the mode I actually care about or care more about. And something that simple, I think, would go a long way. Uh, the last thing I really wanted to mention that uh, other gotchas have me thinking about is events. Um, so the thing with events, we've had two events in Mercenaries now, right? We had the the Chi-Chi event and the Leroy event. They had their ups and downs, but I think they were generally positively received by the community. Uh, they had some bugs, which were a little frustrating, but I think that's something that will get ironed out with time. However, I think at least I was expecting that, you know, with this downtime period before the next big launch, it kind of feels like a perfect opportunity to just like throw an event at us. We just had a new expansion come out so they can like theme it with that. 
I was really, really banking on them having some kind of event, and maybe they will before the next uh, big drop. It is possible we could get it with like the Battlegrounds patch or whatever, you never know. But the the thing about events is like, the reason I started playing this other gacha game was because they had a crossover event with some characters I liked from another game. I was like, oh, cool. Like, I probably wouldn't have even downloaded this game if it weren't for that. And Mercenaries is kind of unique in... It did that, right? It did that with Diablo. And I think that was actually really well received. I mean, I know at launch, we most people had a, crazy, yeah. a bit of complaints about Diablo because he was so good, but it was like so cool having this character in Hearthstone. And they tried it in some other formats, but like Mercenaries is the only one where Diablo is a permanent part of the game. And I think that's really cool. And I think that is a fantastic way to drive in more people to try this mode like imagine if we get an event for uh starcraft. like starcraft overwatch more diablo stuff i mean whatever they're doing with this new wow mobile game or whatever like there's they have such a rich history of very established and beloved characters and they've already shown Diablo can make it work. Now, some will probably be harder than Diablo. Diablo kind of, I think, was one of the easier things to translate into Hearthstone because you already have demons and it, the theming just felt really, really great. Um, but I think this is a great way to get more people into the mode. Yeah, Deckard Kane is a mercenary when, yes, God, please. So like, or, or some yeah. of the other primevals. Well, Deckard could enter the enter play, and you could I, essentially like identify one of their mercs before the game starts. That's... Do his like identify all kind of thing. About how, how I don't know how many how many characters do you have to reveal from their comp for it to be too broken? That I think that'd be like lower power level Two? overall because like okay. it's not fully impacting the game it just helps you plan your strategy but it's a cool idea right. and, and that's... now you can like line up your opener like, exactly you don't have to so. play your mutinous in your line in your opener you even, even oh you mean from like start person. of the game oh yeah before you see anything, oh you okay there okay that's really cool yeah look at that, that's deck. way better something. <laughs> you pick one of the okay oh my god deckard kane as a mercenary the game starts you get a discover option of three mercs and you get a little identify scroll because deckard kane's thing in diablo 2 is he identifies all your items yep. for free essentially when you don't know what they are um, and so the game opens their first three mercs you get to you get a little identification scroll and you get to right click on one of their dudes and it reveals it and you get another discover you get another scroll you look at the next three so you get to see two of their mercs before the game starts and that's the really start cool. of game trigger yeah so cool that'd be cool <laughs> yeah there's just so much potential right like and mm -hmm. as we've seen with diablo like diablo is not only is he powerful but he's very thematic right he has those those fire abilities he has all three six speeds like it, it's just a flavor win and yeah. i think they did a really good job with it yeah tyriel that that that's one i would love to see like that would Tyrael be so cool or like what about Malthiel as a as an undead right or something like because he's like the the grim reaper right like there's just so much they can do and it's it's one of those things where they don't even have the challenge of like in this other game licensing there's a lot of yeah licensing stuff right like it I think uh, Ixar talked about this in one of his AMAs. Like, he's a big fan of how, like, crazy the the cross-promotion stuff that's done in Fortnite. Because, like, that game, like, e you have, like, Naruto fighting, like, Rick Sanchez. Like, uh, <laughs> it's just, like, there are a million and one characters, like, yeah. the, and obviously the majority of games can't even 
hope to do something like that because that's like millions and dollars of like cross promotion and marketing and all this legal stuff. And so I'm not even, but the great thing about Blizzard is they don't have to worry about outsourcing it to these other companies because they have such an established roster of characters that they can pull from that people know. People know these characters. Like I haven't played overwatch in like five years or something but i still know all those overwatch characters from back when that game came out and i had fun with it and stuff and like uh i put like diablo and it's a great way to hype up your other games too like diablo 2 uh the resurrected just had its first season launch so what if they tied in a event where we we get a new diablo mercenary or something it's just it's a great way to incentivize people and from what i've seen and this is just my experience the events bring people back to this game like almost nothing else. For sure. Yep. The, the only change I've seen that was about as impactful, if not slightly more impactful than the events, was the change to how tasks worked. Basically, yeah, big the biggest uh, times I see people either start, uh, start the game for the first time or decide to revisit the game after dropping it a long time ago, it's because of an event. Especially the Leroy event was huge. Like, I lost count of how many comments I got from people about, yeah, you know, I played a little bit at launch, I didn't really like it, but Leroy event came out, and pretty interested in that, so I'm playing it again, and the events are one of the biggest strengths that a mode like this can have, I think, and I think if they find a way to make them, one, uh, more consistent, like, I think it's a, a pretty big loss here in terms of, like, good stuff for the players and consequentially like their revenue, right? Uh, yeah, to yeah. not have su stuff for players to strive for. Um, and it also is like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel in terms of content. You just, you, you get to use existing content and actually get more mileage out of that with these interesting challenges. Um, however, I do think they've had some problems with the events of the past. The big thing and maybe it's because these two events were already kind of locked in because they did say they were going to uh, take in feedback from whatnot. You need to make the events more uh, friendly That's to cool. new players and whatnot. Yeah. Like I started an EU account, right? And the reason I started that EU account was because I wanted to use my Leroy build and see if I could get that together and whatnot because it, it's not the most costly build and Leroy's a legendary, but he was free with the event. So I was like, all right. I'll get Le you only have to do the first two event tasks, then you get Leroy. So wasn't going to get the diamond on him, but I was like, all right, I'll just go for this. Well, the first Leroy task is in the, the last area. Yeah. And if you don't have a crew of leveled up or very like low uh, ability mercenaries, you're not making it very far in PVE for a while. Like I, I started with less than a week of time left and it wasn't nearly enough time to even if I wanted to put in like tons of hours that I didn't, it just wasn't enough time. Like the events I think are also a little bit too short. I think they should really make these events like kind of like a, a month long thing. Just give them, give a greater bit of time for people to actually like, like if they're coming back, get caught up or like just give them more time to finish it. Um, but they should make it so Toki comes back before the event ends. I think that's, there are just a few weird things with the event, like the fact that Toki doesn't come back while the event is ongoing, even if you've yeah. completed the event, that's weird, and the packs thing. Like, mm -hmm. I get the idea of you don't want the event character to just be pullable in a pack because you want people to do the event, but 
they really need to get better about actually implementing the character into packs uh, in a more timely manner. Because right now, and I've seen a bunch of different players have problems with this, people want Leroy, right? Like, I've been playing a bunch yeah. of games with Leroy. I've been having a ton of fun with it. And I've had a bunch of people like, hey, I want to get Leroy. I wasn't playing during the event. I came back after, like, the, the Mysterious Stranger change. And the Leroy event was gone. So I couldn't get Leroy. Uh, how do I get him? Or what's the best way to do that? And the short version is right now, you can't. There's no way that you can currently obtain Leroy Jenkins in this game. And normally what they do, they're like, all right, well, the patch after the event ends or whatever, usually they'll add that character, their skins and their coins to the pack pool, and then you can craft them as well. But we've had, I think, like, what, two patches since patches. since the, uh, the Leroy event ended? And now it's like... You still can't get him. He's not in packs. You can't craft him, even if you do farm up his coins from doing that last bounty. There's just he is literally unobtainable. Can you craft him? No, he's not craftable. You can't craft the event mercenaries until they get added to the pool. So he's literally huh. unobtainable. And yeah. he will be obtainable, but it's like when? Well, that's anybody's best guess. Like typically they say, you know, in the next big patch, so I don't know if that the next big patch means like uh, a point one or a point two or whatever, but like you literally, you can't get Libra right now. And that just creates like, I think a really bad feeling. And the big thing is the game doesn't tell you this. The game doesn't tell you this yeah, at that, all. Like it, it not being clear. I think like at least with Chigi, it was, they, they theoretically communicate. Cause I mean, Chigi also hit a weird little thing where it was like, it was kind of bugged how it wasn't in the pack, almost as if it yeah. seems like there's a problem on their side that they almost like don't have a great solution for in terms of like implementing it on a certain schedule or so something weird like that. But I totally agree with you that like the communication about when it should come back in it needs to be publicly available. But I will say this is in terms of like, they need to fix Leroy being accessible in this way. I think they, they did kind of mess up in that sense with not making it clear about when he's coming back. But this is one of the first examples, I would say, in Mercenaries where it's very clear in theory from or on paper from Blizzard's perspective that like, yeah, no, you can't get Leroy right now. You missed it. You got to wait even long. That is what will actually force you to realize, oh, if I want to get Leroy, I need to be on time the next time this happens. And that is something that could be or kind of be seen as a plus EV decision for Blizzard. So I don't really fault them for saying like, here's a delay between the time to get it and then the time to get it like anybody else. But ultimately what you're really talking about, I think here is this like, okay, when is that? Okay, you said it was uh, supposedly you kind of said it was supposed to be already. Where is it? Again, the communication is weird and the, the not knowing is one thing, but I, I would be totally fine with them saying you can get Leroy during this event for a week and then you can't get him for a month. He's not in packs for a month or two weeks or whatever it is. Yeah, that can make sense strategically from Blizzard's perspective, but the communication is, is the tough part. Yeah, that's the big thing is the lack of communication. And this is one example that I think you are going to get people pretty upset with is so I know some people who they have all the legendaries, right? Uh, they, they've been working, they, they grinded out their collection and they have all the characters in the game, you know, not a ton of stuff max, but they have all the characters. And this week in the, in the patch, it's like we got, or in the store update, it's like, oh, you can get 15 packs and a random legendary. Well, it just makes sense for a player who's like, I don't want to say like super casual, but doesn't keep up with like every single 
bit of news and interaction to be like, oh, I'm missing one legendary. That legendary is Leroy. I'm going to buy this and I'm going to get Leroy because I didn't get him during the event. And and that's how it's happened. Every other every yeah. other merc that's ever been around that system of buy a legendary pack bundle, you get your legendary. People do that on purpose. So it's, like, it's not even like yeah. they're, they're hoping. It's a precedent. It's not. Yeah, it's not like a random chance. It's not like when I'm I'm going for a skin. It's like oh, I hope I get a Deathwing skin, mm-hmm. but it could yeah. be for any legendary. It's like no, the one aspect of duplicate protection that we know exists is well, if you're missing a certain one legendary and you have all the others, if you roll a legendary, you're gonna get it. And that leaves a really feels bad taste, I think, in players' mouths, especially if it's a player who is not particularly interested in cosmetics, because you basically just, you were trying to get, you know, your your one mercenary you wanted, and instead you got a skin you could care less about, and packs which can't even help you get the thing that you want. And the thing that really gets me about this is we know the technology exists because we've seen it with how they handled the reward track. And so, so far, they've included a new mercenary with both reward tracks, right? They they had Vanessa, and now they have Murky. And with those, the, the patch actually that puts those characters into the game usually comes like a week or so before we actually get the new reward track. However, when that happens, their coins are available in packs. You can't open the character, you can't open skins. However, you can still get coins for the character. So... We know there the the technology is there for them to be like, yeah, well, maybe you can't get Leroy himself in a pack for this period of time, but I think it's really silly that you can't even get coins for him because they make it so convoluted because if we look at the new bounties, they improved a lot of the stuff with the rewards from the bounties, but they locked Leroy coins behind that arbitrarily time-gated bounty at the end where you get his equipment. And... That it's like, so I can't even like farm up Leroy coins in advance or something to maybe eventually craft him or while I'm trying to uh, grind up some of the other new mercenaries, I'm like slowly building towards that. And the coins they give you from the events really aren't a lot like, yeah, sure, it's better than nothing. But it's really, I think, trying to make up for the fact that like, you know, you open your packs or whatever on a release and you're hoping to get some for the useful characters or the new characters and you just can't get them for Leroy. So it, it just like naturally reduces the pack value when the pack value is already bad. So it, it's, it's just like, like one time weird. when packs were actually theoretically good to buy and it just doesn't work. And then bundles, I, I kind of cut you off when you were saying that like people were buying a bundle hoping to get Leroy mm-hmm. and they just didn't get it. Like, yeah. Do you get? Did those people ask for a refund? Like, yeah, exactly. Did even give you a refund for that? Like, I honestly don't know. And that I, that I certainly feels yikes. I don't think they would either. Which is, and that is yeah. what we call an exit point, right? Like, someone just spent mm-hmm. their fifteen dollars and thought they were getting what they wanted, and they got none of that, and they can't get that. And more importantly, there is no warning about, hey, this won't get you Leroy. Like the only way you could kind of figure that out is if you went into crafting and you hovered Leroy and you see he's not craftable currently, but that doesn't even like necessarily tell you. Yeah. Yeah, Like I I wouldn't blame someone for doing that and being like, oh, well, well, I'll just buy him. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just want some of my money. (laughs) 
You know, like how they were using the mailbox recently. Why not? Yes. Because like, right now, let me click. Yeah, it says mailbox is currently empty. They don't have anything in the mailbox. It literally <laughs> says empty on it right now. Just put something saying, hey, we're already not available, coming, and then give a date or something. Yeah, or, or yeah. just say like coming Or like soon. a patch something number somewhere. or like literally anything yeah. like that where it's like, okay, I'm aware of this as a player because it, it it's just they have no real good way of communing, communicating that unless yeah. people are very, very actively involved in the game. And even then, this is just information that you wouldn't really think about a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. It's like, I didn't really think... I, like, I assumed Leroy was in packs because we'd had two patches, I you know? Too. I had him. I have him on NA, and so I was like, is he in packs? Like, I got a few comments about it, and so I popped over to EU, and it's like, nope, still not craftable. And if it's not craftable from the event, that means it's not in the pool and the, you can't get it from packs. You can't get his coins. And it's just so weird that they would do it this way. Yeah, like, and I mean, I guess it's better than some other like gotcha like modes because sometimes those limited characters are just that they're limited. Like you didn't get them never, like too bad or maybe yeah. there'll be another chance or some convoluted way to get them, but it's not easy. But with mercenaries, it's like it's it's good that you can get it after the fact. Like I think that's very important. But they really need to, I think, streamline. Like I think the events are one of the biggest strengths this game has. They just really have to refine and leverage them a bit because that's how you get more new players. That's how you can get content out there that's interesting. Gives me a reason to play the PVE while we're waiting for PVE endgame because. We did get a comment on that this week in the XR AMA and someone was like, Hey, can you give us any hints or, or anything at all? Any little breadcrumb about mercenaries PV end game? And he was like, the team's working on it. <laughs> and it's like, cool. Uh, we've known that for like You'd have three to months. <laughs> if it was, if the answer is just, we're working on it, that's, you would have to assume it's not that coming that soon. To, it's far away rather than, well, by the way, it's coming out tomorrow, and so we're not going to tell yeah. you anything yet. Like, it's probably the slanted in the future answer, which is, yeah. which is tough, which but, probably, like you said, means that we're not going to get it in this next patch. Which honestly, yeah. do we even do we have a confirmation that they are going to give us a lot of mercenaries at once? Yes, like I think we might have just assumed yeah. we're no, sure that it's like we more do. than normal. They have, uh, they, they, they said they uh, emphasized. Uh, the next bunch, and then it was like in parentheses, and we do mean bunch. Like okay, they okay. they emphasize that's going to be a large drop. Like they're not just going to be dropping five or ten on us. Like mm-hmm. it sounds like they they really are trying to uh, Hearthstone ify the release cycle, which yeah, again, exactly. like I think there are pros and cons to that. Like I'm I'm waiting until we see it, right? Like because so far there has been a lot of negative for for in my opinion, like. Yeah, the, the change we I think someone in the chat kind of mentioned it, it was like in theory this should be the worst yeah. that it ever mm-hmm. is because we have we just don't know we're waiting for and it we've just been kept in suspension again I mean that's kind of like that the mercenaries mo at this point but like yeah the, we yet again we are just crossing our fingers and being like okay if the next thing is cool then I guess we'll say that we're sorry for getting angry earlier but yeah. <laughs> It has to be, it has to be good. And now all signs kind of point to that. It's not, they're not going to try to like, it's the classic in like science where it's like, don't change two variables at once. Kind of like don't test for two variables at once. Like 
they're probably not going to give us the whole new PVE and all of the new system of dropping mercs. It's probably going to be, all right, here's your 10 new mercs or whatever. And then two mini sets from now is the end game PVE. So we're still looking at like three to five months away. In, in it's a long cases. time. Yeah. I, well, it's, it's been a lot. I, I was checking the, yeah, I was checking the dates for the when the releases were last year uh -huh. on the mini sets and everything. So the expansion last year released. Um, I think it was a little earlier, right? right? Before, yeah, like it, well, end it of March or something. This, yeah, I think it was like March thirtieth or whatever. It was like right before. Yeah, the end of right March. before April. Yeah. yeah, and then it came out um, June third. Yeah. So, so that's it, like it, two months away. Yeah, so two months. Oh, this one came well, out about a month. It's only been now, but yeah. Two months from the yeah, initial release. It's only been yeah. about... It's going to be three weeks on Tuesday. So we mm. still got five weeks, basically, before the next big drop. Yeah. I I think they have to have an event before then, for sure. That's what I'm hoping. May, I'm thinking in two weeks, because it also should be the point one in two weeks. So not this week, but the next week. Um, should be point one. I'm guessing event's probably going to drop off that. that. That's my guess. Uh, if they don't have anything five weeks when it's already going slow is really pushing it uh, that, that would be unhinged i mean like you said, yeah. we, they, they mentioned the like new reworked system of like how they were going to release mercenaries now and i think a, lo a lot of us were kind of in agreement with saying like wait that's like one of the best parts yeah <laughs> why, why why are you changing that like the fact yeah. that we were getting many new mercenaries that were especially once they started to hit 2022 of of like every drop was like bangers impactful everything yeah was sweet mm -hmm. and it was it was actually shifting up like very quickly and at a high elo people were kind of solving it but then it was starting to do its rock paper scissors like protector caster fighter cycling and that was cool now all of a sudden they literally changed one of the only things keeping it afloat in a yeah. world with no communication and in a world with no real events with regularity or accessible events so they just like threw us out into the desert this has to be something pretty insane with this next release, and it's probably not going to be the PVE still. So, yeah, yeah, interesting decision, we'll say. It's hard to 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 like. I'm excited for the new characters, but it's hard to be excited when it's so far out and we have no information. And like, they threw us a bone when they were like, "Hey, yeah, it'll still get updates on regular patches and stuff." And I'm hoping the reason we didn't see a change was because that this patch was a little bit smaller in scope. It was just kind of like the initial balance changes. It wasn't even like a point one patch. Um, my guess at this point is I think we'll get an event. I think it's going to be in the point two patch when all the battleground stuff comes because those are usually a little bit more uh, meaty. They have a lot more kind of stuff going on in them. Um, even numbered patches. And, and sometimes it's weird. Like sometimes the the point ones like go kind of under the radar, or I think. You, I think before it's it's even been a time or two where they were more just like hot fixes than deploying a full patch uh, and whatnot. Um, but it, it's just the other thing is when you do the math for mercenaries, we've also had this meta longer than the uh, the expansion came out, right? Because the expansion dropped on the twelfth. Well, we got the patch with Trigor on the fifth, so we're already over three weeks. We're going to be closing in on week four of the the Trigor meta next week. And it it's like we we were so used to the the regular changes of stuff that now when it's going to be like a month and then we might have a whole nother month of this, 
I think it's really killing people's desire to play. And that's why I said from the start, like, if you're going to go this route, you need to be more willing to make active balance changes because the the game is just going to get solved in its current state. And like with even just like two mercs that are too good. Yeah, it doesn't take a lot. That's the thing. Yeah. And they're they're this really does 80 damage on turn one. You should probably play him. Like, yeah. Everybody else does 20. Interesting. I wonder who I'm going to play. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it just feels like they're so close though to having good metal like i know was gone Flair was down a little bit local was down a little bit i feel like it could be a great meta right now and then hey if it's a month away but we have an amazing meta I yeah that'd be fine a month as much we had the dragon you know, so meta I, that'd be cool yeah. like <laughs> i'd be totally that cool was... with with waiting another month because the the big thing that keeps me interested in this game is the variety like both as a player and as a content creator i like trying new things and that's always been my favorite thing about mercenaries is like trying to make new stuff work and all these different builds. Cause it's like Pokemon in that all your units have all these different synergies and unique interactions. And it's fun to mix and match and see what you can come up with. And it just feels like it's really hard and punishing to do that right now. And that's like the biggest thing that, and like the RNG elements of it have just like my desire to play PvP, I don't think, has ever been lower in this game. Mm -hmm. And then when you compile that with the fact that it's just like, oh, I might have to deal with this for another four or five right? weeks. Yeah. Uh, it's like, that's like, what, what pretty are, scary. That's like the word. Yeah. Have have we even... Wizardbees and I were talking about this like briefly, I think, when we disconnected for a second. But I'm just like, when would you say it? Like, you, I mean, you just said it, that this... This meta literally feels worse than all of the Valera metas or the Valera stuff. Like that's crazy yep. Yep. because those were like actively decks that were like, okay, that's toxic. But again, yep. for some reason, that felt like it was more targetable or there was more variety. Again, it could just be so a function of player perception. And as the player base starts to again get more stressed out and kind of anxiously waiting, uncomfortably frustrated with how the packs and stuff are going, if there just isn't enough innovation it stagnates and then we have to wait in that stagnation that sucks like at least things were changing it just happened to suddenly go from like two like one good thing one bad thing and alternating yeah. like what that was to now like double bad thing that's the first time i would say that we've had the double bad thing environment and it's definitely spooky it's definitely yeah spooky. it's not a good yeah. feeling for sure and it it really is i'm hopeful that maybe this will be uh be like you said maybe it's just that first drought before they get in the swing of things but mm -hmm. again we're, we're so close like it's not like you need to totally redo a bunch of characters and the big thing is now we have precedent yeah. before we were talking about well what if they nerf this character but they hadn't done any nerfs on a character before and so it was kind of like well we need the the extra um we need the extra coin solution first so they can refund people or whatever but now that precedent's like, oh, gone. Around that somehow. Yeah. yeah, like that's out the window. Like, there's no reasonable excuse to why you can't redesign a character now because they've shown us they can and they will do that. But they just need to do that <laughs> to, to like yeah. three yeah. characters, and you're set. Like, is it going to make like a perfectly balanced meta? Probably not. But like, it it'll change things enough to where I think it'll give players more of that feeling of like agency and like they're actually interacting with the game rather than spectating it and mm -hmm. it like that's also something that could be adjusted with like mull who said a while ago 
uh, just toning down like the damage kind of across the board to make the game like I think Mercenaries has always been kind of a aggressive focused game because when you deny an ability or you have an advantage in characters it is just very very powerful whereas before the dragon meta we didn't see much in the way of more controlly archetypes ever since we kind of had like ma'am in the beginning uh with with anduin mukla and the healing and the scaling but that kind of fell off and then we didn't see much in the way of like more slow grindy stuff until like the dragons came out and that was cool because it felt like we actually had more variety i wasn't just trying to kill my opponent's stuff as fast as i could before they kill my stuff um mm -hmm. and so i'd like to see right. more of that kind of direction like like make it less about just like dealing as much damage as possible in the fastest way possible. But. I mean, in a certain sense, I said like reduce everybody's damage, but I guess it's technically, it's probably just easier. You realize to increase everybody's health. And when you start to look at that and then you go back and you look at like the maxed health buff, it kind of looks like the plus one plus five was essentially one of their early attempts. Like when you look through it, this lens now, it now looks like they kind of tried to do that or almost preempt that by being like, these damage numbers, again, this was with the 2021 Merc design damage numbers, which was way lower than what we currently have. It was, have. yeah, definitely. So it's almost as if the game needs to have, like, we were we were maligning the plus one, plus five maxed buff, because it's just, like, it was this big difference, but, like, kind of not really, but it became semi-mandatory for some mercenaries and stuff. Like, it almost seems as if we just have to give everybody another 20 health or something, but the problem is that that doesn't change the problem about Valera or... Well, Valera not as much, but like with Trigor and Localar, where they're still just doing way too much damage compared to everybody else. Like, we don't need to change everybody's health. We just have to change these couple of mercs that are doing too much. And like we're kind of saying in chat, I'm just being like, why? It doesn't even matter that Trigor is red because he just does 80 damage. It doesn't matter if yeah. none of them crit. You're still out DPSing other mercs who have to rely on lining up an ability against a certain type. And then it's a, like a one for one ability or whatever. Like we just can't have these mercs that are just doing too much. And mm -hmm. why not change it? I don't know. Um, because they just hit us with a gigantic balance change. So I don't know. I, I think maybe you increase everybody's health. Eventually, we'll see some kind of a numbers change, numbers crunch. But when we were talking about one of the best parts about mercenaries in the early stages of this game was that they got away from the small number problem that Hearthstone had, mm -hmm. where you're dealing with like one to five on basically every single card is dealing with numbers that are literally one to five, either in mana cost or in power and toughness or in how many cards they get to look at or discover or whatever it is. When you'd go from a four to a five, that 20% increase, 25% increase is huge. That's a percentile that's massive. Mercenaries, cool. We get away from that. We have 85 and 73 and 26, and you can just go from 26 to 25, and that's fine. Mm -hmm. They somehow blasted right through the big number benefit and just get hit us with people like Trigor and Localar who are just obliterating the high number ceiling. How are you doing that? Like, it should have been even easier for you to balance in this direction of keeping everything fair. And you shouldn't have these freaky outliers. Like, we mm -hmm. were going like, oops, sorry, in standard, this was six mana, it should have been seven. Here we're going like, oh, we're dealing 25 damage, and you're just jumping straight to 60. Yep. It's I, just I, too I just much. Don't understand. I and just don't understand. The health doesn't go up to compensate that, right? Like, you right. can't have a... You can't in your your tanky unit because like there's there's nothing that can tank that much damage even with like 
the closest you get are things that can like heal or like Wizard Beast was saying earlier, like Mutanus or something to reduce damage a bit or Cornelius, but it just doesn't, those numbers are so small compared to how big the numbers have gotten. And it, it feels like they could really do with a, a reworking of some of like how they determine this, but like that's a huge undertaking. I think the easier and more realistic, yeah, it, like short term, is a surgical knife. Yeah, yeah, just just like just nerf these three characters, maybe buff some more trash characters. But the thing is, just be more open to being like, hey, we're trying stuff out with these buffs. Sometimes we may have a trigore, but that's okay because we'll fix it. Like we don't know what's gonna happen. We have no precedent for a character that's gotten buffed getting nerfed. Like that hasn't happened yet. Like Grom, I think, is yeah. the the big standout from the last initial wave of buffs where it was like Grom became insane and he was trash. Like, and too much, yeah. And but like he wasn't uh he wasn't stifling build diversity as much as Trigor is, so I think it was like it was fine, and it was good also because he was a a free character, right? So it's I think it's good that you make a free character more viable and stuff. But with this one, it's just like I think almost everybody I've talked to about this universally agrees. It's like Trigor is just too much. Like they gotta tone it back down. I don't want him to be unplayable. I think it's cool that this character that I thought was neat has a place in the meta now. It just yeah. it sucks that the whole meta revolves around him, and the, those are the problems we were talking about with Lokalar and Valera, and like those are like the big three where it's like if you hit those characters, you don't even have to make them unplayable. You could literally cut like their stuff in half in terms of like Valera <laughs> oh, yeah. and Lokalar, and they're still good characters. Yeah, like they're still probably high tier characters that see a bunch of play. It just gives a bit more breathing room for other stuff to exist, and the bigger thing is design space. Like, this is kind of why Localar was a problem unit. And because they had to print at Valera power level because they couldn't have their Valera counter whiff, basically. Cause, and that, that's also part of why we got uh, him being more RNG heavy is because you need a ability that doesn't target if you're trying to hit Valera because you can't target Valera in stealth. It's like it's limiting, it's putting them in a box with what they can do to... Uh, provide an answer and i think the current philosophy isn't necessarily a bad one on its own but when you have these characters that are standing out when you're balancing philosophy is oh we'll just print a better counter it, it i just don't think it's good for the long-term health of the game because it just it leads to power creep happening so so quickly and you're kind of boxed into a corner with it right like it's like well, if we're not going to nerf everything, we just need to keep power creeping stuff because otherwise it will not see play. I mean, that's why we have like rotation and standard, right? But like, I don't think we're seeing anything like that in mercenaries anytime soon because of like the style of the game and how long it takes to grind out your characters and whatnot. But it's just they need to find some better solution where whether that's more active balancing or whatnot which i think is just a good way to go like they've shown they can do it just do it a little more often like like yeah. like even if you did it like once a month or whatever with a big patch or even once every month and a half two months like in that in between time just to give us something maybe throw an event in there too and boom like that fixes a lot of the problem of this big drought for the mode uh just gives us kind of a bit of a refresh because 
I had a lot of fun with the the first week of Trigor. It was different. It totally flipped the meta on its head. I haven't gotten cold snapped like a quarter of as many times since that patch went live, which is a great feeling. But now yeah. it it's just like he he's overstaying his welcome. And if he stays around another four or five weeks until the big changes go live, I think it's going to be really bad. Like the queue times are already getting worse. Like people are playing really? less. Oh yeah. They're, it's getting worse for sure at the top from what I've seen. And that's also, and we won't fully dive into this or whatever, uh, cause it's topic for another time. But I think that also has to do with like, I think some of the, the higher end players are getting tired of waiting for some of the important changes that we want. Like the, the ladder system and the the bot problems and those really do like uh, i think uh like i was talking to frankie a while ago and he was like even though this meta is bad that's not the main thing keeping him from playing right now it's it's the he feels no incentive to play because yeah. even if he is and i do think he is like the best mercenaries player i've seen he can't get that number one spot because they're people who abuse the mmr and use bots and whatnot and it's just literally humanly impossible to compete with that um mm -hmm. and that's just really bad so the fact that we have no communication on that either in a change that went live what back in december and now we're going into may it's like i don't know if that's ever going to happen <laughs> like is it gonna I mean, happen those, those kind of things like people cheating in that sense is always going to be like an, a nearly unsolvable problem for so many of these games the problem with this is just like blizzard as an entity i don't think has ever had a game before where you could just so easily bot to yeah first. exactly like, they're just you can't yeah, do you this can't in do standard Diablo, you can't do it battlegrounds you can't do it standard yeah just nothing none of their games literally like not even just hearthstone clients so, it's just a flawed I, I, system I them, but. that needs to be changed and i'm not saying it's in like the easiest change in the world but the the thing that is more annoying about it is like their system wasn't actually terrible at launch it did actually have more of the the top end people actually being at the top um mm -hmm. and though they need to change it a bit and i think make the the make climbing a little easier for the lower ranks and make it easier to get that 12k rewards if they just scaled up like and like let's say after eight you had a rank floor like in standard where you can't fall past that and they made it a little easier to climb to get to that 12k like a reward star bonus it's like these have been problems that have been solved. You just need to do a little bit of borrowing from the other modes where like this stuff works. And uh, it's just I, I've stopped like even thinking they're going to do anything about it. And if they eventually do like great. But like I could not care less about the, the latter stuff. And it sucks because like yeah. I, I'm like happy for people who still like, you know, be like, hey, I got to 10K. It's, it's a good feeling. It's like I'm happy for them. At the same time, I'm just like, none of it really matters. <laughs> like, like I, I don't want to rain on people's parade, but it, it just doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't mean anything at all. Like, and it means less than it should on a certain sense, right? Like, yeah. At the end of the day, the, the good thing about Mercenaries in this way is that it's been like the players who have been up to date are getting necessarily rewarded and will be rewarded in the future because kind of unlike standard, if you actually right now, if you've been learning every identity of every mercenary, all their interactions, all their matchups, all their combinations since October, you're going to be a million times better than the people who start playing six months from now when the game is fixed. And yeah. The and stuff is out. So like you actually do get this like return on investment in this game, at least. But 
it that it only goes so far, right? That feels great, right? But even even from the beginning, I remember we were talking in a weird defense of the current competitive environment. We I remember we were talking about way back when Mercenaries came, first came out that we were like the the ladder kind of doesn't mean anything because yep. there's no incentive because there's just so much random crazy stuff going on and like it, the game is just going to be bait city because you're going to see someone with their lineup you're going to try to copy paste it and you were just going to have no idea what you were doing you're going to mm -hmm. have no idea like what other people were playing yet and like the meta was all over the place but with no competitive incentive even before the bots the quote-unquote the ladder didn't matter and so that does need to get ultimately changed for sure but yet another long uh just another piece to the list that needs some some tweakage yeah i'm just hoping you know after this next big drop and everything that they start kind of having the ball rolling again i feel like we're kind of just slowly going but hopefully yeah. we're gonna just go down the hill again and start going mm -hmm. and just have Hopefully. content coming, have all the good changes that they've been talking about and know that the community wants and just, you know, keep it going. Because right now, I feel like, you know, as we keep saying, it's just, it's going to be like a slow another month or two, basically just kind of waiting for that next big drop that they've promised. So, and I feel like the community will be very upset if this next like big drop, like how they're saying, putting everything there, if that does not pay off. Yeah. That's a whole another issue. <laughs> that could so. be really problematic. And I mean, not worth speculating about too much because like we don't know yeah. anything right other than that they're probably going to be murlocs and it's probably going to be themed around sunken city right but other than that mm -hmm. we don't really know anything um but i'm hoping like end of may first week of june or something like that is when that comes through i think early june mid-june at the latest i think is the the time frame like we saw i think it's just a placeholder but the Anixia's lair mini set they they put a new time on when that goes away for like may 31st or something so i think it's going to be around the end of may early june is when we're going to be getting that but it would go a long way if they could throw us like any kind of bone whether that's some balance changes a little event just something to like make it feel like it's worth playing the game if you have a lot of the stuff down because like the game really is hurt about uh like the just the the lack of stuff to do in it. It's like I want to play the game um but like when progressing is most of the PvE game like it just there's nothing for me to do. <laughs> like I I'm now my the daily mercenaries thing I do is I'm just like going through the little tasks and whatnot and farming up my packs, but I'm not opening those packs and saving those packs as most people should at this point. Like, even if you but don't again, have all the legendaries, just save those packs for the big drop. It'll pay yeah. off for you. Uh, I think we do kind of have to remember, too, that, like, we're definitely in the, like, ultra minority when it comes to, like, the... I think every every person working on mercenaries from Blizzard's perspective, like if someone told them like there's nothing left for me to do, they would just be like, "What do you mean? Like, who are you that there's nothing left to do in this game?" Which is clearly their perspective from the beginning of the game was like they were taken aback by how ham people went on this game mode. So I think like the average person. Unfortunately, the average new player to Mercenaries is getting gated by like a million different things, but like not enough to do is definitely like a one percenter problem, I would say. But 
when when the PvP gets completely wiped off the table. But again, uh, is is low elo being dominated by Trigor in the same way? I don't know. Maybe it's hard to see. Um, um, probably. I think but... it all trickles down. the The weird thing is certain brackets of like low end PvP. I've only seen a little bit of it, but it's really people just like throwing. It, it's kind of like like angry chicken ranks in Hearthstone or whatever. Like not yeah, even like not even like bronze or whatever. Like yeah. we're talking about like the beginner ranks where people yeah, are throwing yeah, yeah. Blink Fox Pretty and Anduin in the same comp, and nobody has max stuff. So it's like you can't. I don't yeah, think you can really mess around like or i don't think you have to worry about the balance there quite as much because i don't think most of those players are going to be playing meta stuff like you'll probably right. run into you know a few people here and there who looked up some information or just noticed playing the game like hey this character is pretty busted but yeah, i think it's much more limited stuff but at the same time i don't think it's going to change by them making changes so it's like i think the low meta eventually it will trickle down to a lot of the lower parts and i mean even if we look on hs replay the trigor stuff has already trickled down it's really just like the the bottom ranks and the the very very new players i think where you don't see as much of that i I can't 100 percent confirm because obviously i don't have much experience with doing that because the game just doesn't let you do that like it's actually weird how they never reset the mmr like i did a co-op with a friend of mine and he played around launch i think he stopped playing just before valyria came out and he got up to like eight or nine k which is pretty high before the uh before the ladder changes it that that, that took some some good playing and grinding and he came back after not playing for two or three months and his mmr internally was still really high like uh you you might remember this wizard beast because he actually queued into you while we were doing the co-op and he played a few games versus you while you were trying out some new stuff and i was like yeah if you're right yeah yeah nature dragons and uh basically it was right after the new dragons uh came out like the second wave and i was like yeah if you're facing wizard beast like your internals pretty high like like that means like if i queued you would probably queue into me which is a little ridiculous when this is someone who is far from a full max collection and hasn't played the game in two or three months or whatever. It's like, it's, yeah. it's, they, they really need, uh, like I know in battlegrounds, they do it at some point, like they do an internal MMR reset. It's not often. It's like once every three or four months or something, but like, I think it's kind of important to do something like that. Otherwise you make it a challenging experience for new players returning. And the queue times at the high MMR bracket are so, so bad compared to, uh, regular hearthstone and whatnot it just like i've been playing more regular hearthstone because i've been enjoying standard and wild new cards and all that fun stuff and the fact that i get into a game in like 30 seconds or less and then i go play mercenaries and i end up with a three to five minute queue pretty regularly mm-hmm. oh it just makes me not want to play the game <laughs> like because like i'm not playing the game for like sometimes especially if it's a quick game like I spend as much time in queue or half the game in queue and that's like that's really bad and this is a problem that can get solved with a bigger player base but to get a bigger player base you have to make changes and you have to actually also advertise the mode like advertising has fallen off a cliff uh, for this because i think they know yeah, I think they're just waiting they're 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 waiting it out right we get it it's kind of a spaghetti fiesta right now like we're gonna we're just getting everything all back together that's why i think this is probably going to be like the weirdest longest drought that we'll have because it's 
right before the new world order in that sense of what the the simultaneous release schedule is going to be like what it looks like to get a bunch of new mercs at once um it seems so easy that if they all they have to do is just tweak just nerf literally two mercs and i think the community would actually be able to get away with not having anything new for another month if pvp was just like just a fun, better state right like playable. just yeah. more variety like it, it it really variety is the the spice of life and uh it's what I've enjoyed most about the game. And yeah, more board space too. Um, but if we have any other questions for us, chat, uh, if you got any in the tank there, let us know because we are going to start to wrap things up here. Um, but the draft yeah. tournament. Yeah, we're going to be going into yep. the draft. Um, probably going to aim to start the draft around eight-ish now. So if we have anyone here who's interested in playing, uh, stick around for that. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. We're, we're trying a few different things with the... Uh, the draft format a lot of it's going to be the same but a few little tweaks here and there but i think draft and we talked about you know formats a little bit before i think draft is one of the absolute best ways yeah. to actually like play this game right now and it's yeah. been some of the most fun i've had in it like give us a draft mode in game eventually like tournament mode please basically same thing but like draft i think is so much easier to build and satisfy people with than a tournament system because tournaments mean a lot of different things to different people yeah. mm -hmm. and that's one of the challenges with it whereas draft it's like i'm still like a dubious uh defender of the statement like tournament mode means a lot of different things to people like i kind of yeah. think there's kind of just one good tournament mode that would work <laughs> but uh, sorry. Well, in terms of I mean, format, you know, like like what? Yeah, you're not going to please everybody, and tournaments are kind of tricky because then it's like, well, if they turn off, a, like let's say they make the format conquest or whatever, well, mm -hmm. all the people who don't like conquest are probably not going to be playing your tournament mode, or most of them, I mean, or whatever. Don't. The counter argument <laughs> to that though is, is it's not even in the game already, so just give it to the people who do want it. If people yeah, don't you want would only yeah. the, I mean, that's why they're not. I mean, to be it, great, right? It's like yeah. one percent anything of the community cares at all. So yeah, yeah, and that's a tricky thing, right? Because it's uh, the game is such a, a large game that it's like it can be hard to balance. Like, yeah, you want to uh, cater to your invested players, but you have to also like not scare off everybody else or not do stuff not even scare off everybody else but not do stuff that like spend all this development time and resources in a feature that doesn't end up being used like right. i think classic is kind of an example of that where classic i don't know how much time and resources went into it but that mode and they even confirmed this in the ama recently uh it saw a bunch of play at the beginning and then it dropped off pretty hard and it's been pretty consistent since then and so they're actually looking at ways of revising that and they're thinking of doing something a bit more impactful than just uh, adding Naxxramas, right? Because that's not going... They don't see that being something that revitalizes the format, right? So they've talked about maybe doing a set rotation or something where it's like you'll get to experience a certain meta. Like one of the things they threw out there as an idea was like, hey, Mean Streets of Gadgets and meta. Boom, back. I'd play the shit out of that. Like yeah. it's been yeah. so long. Uh, like, and I think... It's it's just a great way to do something that I think Hearthstone has not kind of learned to do yet, but I think they're finally starting to take steps in this direction, which is utilize the fact that you have eight years of resources and content in this game and mm -hmm. like use it. <laughs> like don't just throw it into wild to die. Like you can 
there's just, I mean, we've seen it with other formats, and unfortunately, Hearthstone is not the only game that kind of has this problem, right? Like, we've seen similar issues in, in other games, like, like even in Magic, where a lot of the Eternal formats for a while there weren't seeing quite as much support. Now that uh, kind of in-person events are coming back, they're, they're trying to push that a little bit more, which is great. But for a while there, it really felt like, you know, they're so concerned about Standard being their cash cow they're worried about if we give people a different way to play that doesn't rely on them buying these cards all the time, yeah. do we start cutting into our profits and, and whatnot? And but there they they didn't they didn't get to benefit like Wizards of the Coast didn't make any money when I sold you my Lion's Eye Diamond. Exactly. Like, Blizzard does get mm -hmm. all of the benefit. Like the economy is directly still tied to Blizzard. So, it's like, all it controlled. Wizards of the Coast to be like, there's oh, no secondary market. Legacy. Yeah, exactly. Like Blizzard just gets to make everything. So like, why, why, why not support some of the exactly? And you formats? can even add in, and they've talked about the potential of doing this. You can even add in specific cards. Like we've seen yeah. them do that with Magic, with uh, Modern Horizons, right? Where these cards are too powerful for standard, but we want to give some of these older formats a little bit more to work with. And so I think they're kind of, I think they're finally making that transition now and being like, hey, there's more we can do with this. And it's great because a lot of the time you don't have to, it's more work, but it's not like they're making a whole nother new set. It's like you're just using resources that already exist in the game. And I, I just think that's something Hearthstone is always kind of not realized its full potential with. And so it'd be great to see them make some changes like that. And I think that's why like something in Mercenary is like having an alternate kind of PVP mode with like a, a arena like draft or something. I think that would be so, so cool. And like, you know, we already have a system for arena in the game. Like obviously it'd have to be tweaked a bit and stuff, but like, you could do a lot with just a system that simple where it's like, bam, you're given three mercenaries, you have to pick one, and then you pick a team. And maybe you have a sideboard, maybe you don't, whatever. But Because you have to do some stuff to make it different and interesting, right? Because you don't have draw RNG to kind of make the games feel different. So you don't want it to be just, oh, this person picked Valera and Trigor, they're going to win the game now. Which is why we have yeah. bans when we do the draft. But that's obviously harder to pull off in client. But there's there's some way they can I, I'm sure I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon, which is why the uh, the the community is basically like hard carrying these draft events, which have been tons of fun. Um, but I would love that's like one of the biggest things I would really like to see in the future is give us another way. I think we all agree that one of the strengths of mercenaries is the variety of ways which you can play it. Like you've tried different mm -hmm. stuff like the popper tournament seen some of grumpy's eu tournaments with some interesting formats and now draft has gotten more popular there are tons of ways to do this they just have to like pick one or two and be like hey this is worth putting some more time and effort into um to give our players more ways to enjoy this game so it doesn't stagnate as quickly like the hearthstone's already established itself as it wants to have all these different formats and, and ways to play. So if like, hey, standard's not your jam right now, you can go enjoy something else. Well, I mean, you could literally just do that all within mercenaries, right? Like you give us one or two other options and I don't even have to leave the the, the game mode I want to be playing. Just just give me some options. Um, no, I, I think my, my like final statement 
on that almost like wraps up everything from the beginning of what we were talking about today through this and something from gotcha games that this game doesn't really that mercenaries and hearthstone doesn't really have but it could and should because it has such an internally built system is i think something that could be used to treat classic and then mercenaries and limit tested all over the gotcha games and other games have that this does not is temporary access if they did something like you get to have a free route rotation in mercenaries or you yeah. revamp classic and here is a ticket you rent a deck for a month or mm -hmm. a week or a whatever it's free you temporary phantom cards it's things like in pokemon unite like core cards like, yeah you I don't mean, own those any, core I mean, cards part of it is that you have like your cards are already playable in classic so like they just revert and so that's kind of a thing but uh, i mean we need to have straight up like here is a temporary ticket to let me try just play it. the game there yeah. isn't a temporary let me try it option in any of our game modes and mercenaries suffers maybe more than any other mode like that when you don't have something like that and if mm -hmm. we could just let someone rent a deck for a little while or again with draft stuff you could have it be that same connected element of you have temporary access. You don't even have to own these mercenaries, but you can draft with them, run an event or whatever with them, and then they disappear because it's just a little temporary access. And same thing with Classic. No one's going to go and play Classic, but if they said right now I could borrow the Force of Nature Druid deck, I would probably play some Classic. I'm not going to go through... I'm not going to spend a single resource on it, and yeah. I think it really kind of comes down to that, is that there has to be a way in-game to supplement the resource spending system while incentivizing you to give it a try and then spend money when you like it. And yes. otherwise people just simply don't even try. See, people just give up. People don't try to continue. People don't just come back. Again, these events are starting to do it, but I think that's a huge, huge system that Hearthstone needs to get uh, at least into consideration of do we let you, do we give you a taste for, we have five different formats with all these different crazy things. Give us an arena ticket, but for mercenaries, but for yeah. classic, but for standard, right? And I think everything would change after that. And that fixes the problem that we've talked about so many times, right, in terms of accessibility. Like, literally, like, I mean, Trigor meta aside, like, the biggest point we've been, like, hammering home for, like, months now is, like, you have something great here. You need to show people that you have something great have them enjoy it you can't ask them to do this huge grind and time commitment first when they don't know they're going to enjoy it you, you gotta you give the first hit for free and they'll keep coming back like it, it's just it's just how it just makes sense it's just like good it feels like it makes good sense for both game design and business right like it, it feels Am like I there's hit, you mean the, the first hit of a baseball on a T ball. Yes. <laughs> like obviously, just to just to clear up for anybody that is wondering about what the <laughs> But yeah, like the carrot on the stick, right? Like it's it's like you gotta you gotta make that carrot enticing, right? Like otherwise they're not gonna keep walking towards it. It it just that's one of the biggest things. And if they can do something like that, especially in mercenaries, I think it would go a long way in both increasing the player base and just making it more accessible and enjoyable for people who maybe they don't want to make it their main mode, but they just want something fun to mess around with when they're tired of standard for the day or tired of battlegrounds for the day. Like, mm -hmm. and that's something the Hearthstone developers have got to want, right? You'd much rather 
someone be like, all right, I'm kind of bored with this. I'm kind of overdoing this for today. But instead of closing out the game and me going to play Slay the Spire or something else, I just open up a different part of Hearthstone and continue playing that. Like, that's that's got to be the kind of thing you want in a game like this because that's the direction they've gone in with it is making it more of a platform, but they need to find a way to make it easier and more enjoyable for players to explore these other modes Otherwise, you're going to just have the same repeating cycle like we've seen now where it's like players will like hyper focus on one mode and maybe there's one they do a little bit to the side, but everything else, it's just too much to keep up with. It, it's too much time. It's too much resources. And the they haven't had the fun that is that comes out of those experiences that drives you to actually putting in those time and resources. And so it's like, why would they even try it? Right. Um, yeah. But it's more of a fundamental issue, but I think it's definitely something important to talk about and hopefully something we can see changes on in the future now that Hearthstone has been kind of transitioning more so in the last, what, I'd say since Battlegrounds came out in the last like two, three years or so, uh, that they started making it more of a platform for games than just purely being about constructed Hearthstone. Um, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, we are going to start to wrap it up here, though. We do have a, a fun end question for this time, though. So for this week, figured we would ask each of us, who is your favorite non-meta slash underpowered mercenary, and what is a change you would like to see uh, made to that character to maybe make them a little bit more viable or even just more interesting if it's not like a, a purely power level thing? Like, it doesn't even have to be like a super low tier, just someone who's like maybe just not quite there in... in, in making it into to comps right now or someone who's just unplayably bad like vanessa right like even vanessa got buffed right but i i don't know about you guys i haven't seen a single vanessa <laughs> so um it, and there are a lot of mercenaries right we have what 77 78 mercenaries now uh it's a ton and we talked about before i think that tyronda change was like right on the nose of like how i would like to see other characters get buffed and it's hard to do but like the payoff if they do it is great because it feels like we got a new mercenary and i didn't even have to do any farming for it because like yeah. already done <laughs> so that that's a great feeling and even the variant buff like to a lesser extent it didn't totally yeah. change how the character plays but it made him a little bit more better um in more human synergy and stuff like that and sometimes a little change like that even if it doesn't like drastically like make the character op it just makes people want to experiment and try things more with it, which is good for, I think, player enjoyment and the, the health of the game. Um, so either you guys want to start us off with this one. Do you have a, a character that comes to mind that you wish was better and any ideas how you might make them better if uh, you were in a position to do so? I think for me, I'd like to see Draxus change. Mm -hmm. um, just a demon needs to be, overall, they need to be buffed. Uh, I definitely think they need to definitely have some play, but you know him being the legendary demon, I think they need to do a little bit of a rework for sure with him. Instead of maybe being like third ability, I think it's fine with a summon, but maybe changes other two abilities. Instead of mm -hmm. having like all based around like the fist of Draxus, you know, you could do something, but not, instead of just raw damage, because the first ones you know just deal damage. If you kill them, then do blow, fist right? of Draxus. Like, uh, yeah, get Deathblow out of here. Yeah, just change it up and do instead of, you know, give them maybe like some type of utility. Because, you know, as we see, a lot of mercs that have, or if they do have an ability, like that's damage, like Trigor, 
it has something attached to it where it's like, hey, this is happening a bunch, or Valera's doing damage and getting stealth, or like, you know... Uh, it's more than just one thing, mages. basically, yeah. Yeah, it basically just don't have just, I'm going to do damage, or I'm going to do this damage a couple times. Like, I mean, well, that's what Trigor does, but, like, it's harder to do that with demons, mm -hmm. um, having a bunch of them summoned, so I think they need to change it up, or at least increase his speed, because he still is... Wasn't it like eight speed or something for his first? He's ability? so slow. He's like, yeah. uh, I mean, yeah. it's funny when you mention that he's like a legendary. I think he's like mm -hmm. the one legendary I always forget is legendary just because of how yeah. bad and kind of unimpactful he feels. Like it's just like, mm. and it sucks because Draxus is a really cool character. I like playing him in Handlock. Yeah. I like the yeah. the lore behind him. He's he's you know been a very prominent character in the world of Hearthstone and a very beloved character, but like. He just, and even all the other demons for the most part, barring maybe like Diablo. Uh, mm -hmm. But again, you don't need Diablo, uh, like you don't need to have a demon comp to make Diablo good. Whereas with like Jaraxxus and other stuff, it's like, it kind of comes to the, the tribal synergy thing where it's like, well, if you don't make, if you make them too strong, there's no build variety because you just have to run all the tribe. If you make them too weak, all these characters are suddenly useless because they depend on their tribe to actually do good things. And yep. it's it's a really kind of tough position to be in, but I definitely agree. I think Jaraxxus would be a prime candidate for uh, for buffing. Like, I, th I think my, my answer is, at least for the moment, I'm thinking of, uh, weirdly, I actually went through PvE instead of PvP for who I would want to get changed, but okay. I, I want to see Brucon, I think, get tweaked again. Really? Interesting. Yeah, I think what, what made me think of the chain of thought was that every single time at, that I went and tried to play, to do the PvE content, I started to build my deck. I basically always try, try to do it with nature first and see if that can clear it, but I basically started to realize that Brucon is just not playable in PvE. Really? And Guff, Guff, like in my opinion, Malph Guff X is just the best way to start your nature. Like Guff just obliterates everything. Yeah, in I mean, PvE. Guff is not some PvE. And, and so like at that point, then Guff starts to box out Brucon too much and they're good together. And that's why I like it for the PvE sentiment or like the, the Guff Brucon Malfurion lineup is like nice yeah, and clean. I like that. But what, when we started to see things like Taronda getting changed, like almost already the complexity and interesting levels to Taronda have already outclassed some of the other OGs like Brucon, and he just feels a little too one-dimensional for me and especially even though they changed the chain lightning to be quote-unquote better uh I, I think I would just want to see maybe his equipment changed his his abilities can stay the same but I think maybe you even like change chain lightning to always hit three people because it kind of is just what it does um, and so almost like give him the guaranteed equipment change that everyone always takes the same equipment too. That's part of the big problem is like, we want to see some diversity of how to use these different equipment. So I'll say Brucon, give the chain lightning essentially the same version of the equipment that everybody takes and then give him funky equipment that actually match some of his Brucon identity now through battlegrounds or standard and stuff where he's much more about this crazy, like spirit Raptor double buddy thing. And this like doubling semi-random rotation like shaman style va like vibe and flavor to him so i think making him a little bit more dynamic to bring him up to speed with as we raise the floor of the og mercenaries he's gonna be my vote so like uh basically just roll his 
a, a current like best item into how the ability works and then just give him some tweaking yeah, on the and items then, and then give him like funky funky equipment instead that actually can kind of make him stand out meaningfully against guff where okay we'll say that guff is the kind of like one trick pony yeah definitely lasers is. you for a million that's his thing but then make brucon almost like the inch because they're both rare like they're both rare nature casters like the, mm -hmm. i separate them at least a little bit more and i think brucon i mean guff has been everywhere in the standard guff used to be a protector <laughs> see there you go so then well let's 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 tweak with uh let's i'll go with tweak mouth was a caster too uh, they they swapped right, <laughs> course, right? it's yeah. it's weird but that's an interesting one definitely yeah. one i was not expecting but i like it i like it um i definitely kind of agree having used the nature comp in pve a bunch uh, Guff does really kind of outshine Brucon in a yeah. lot of ways. It's like, yeah, just throw Brucon in there and it's good with it and whatnot. That's fine. Uh, but it's like, it, it's not doing anything like super duper special other than like giving you a little bit of that, that boost damage. But usually Guff just nukes things so fast. But now, don't... yeah, it's too slow. Like, or yeah. yeah, like rework Lightning Bolt to like actually give the nature buff right away or I don't know, something like that. But I, I'd like to see my boy Brucon uh, tweaked. I've probably played more Brucon yeah. than like any other Merc that I own or something, but. Uh, yeah, give me some, give me a Brucon change. And he's so what, a, yeah, what would your, what would your change be? He's a character that kind of got pushed out too. If you think about it, like nature yep. was one of the best backlines of the game and now nowhere to be seen. I haven't run into a nature backline in like, I don't think since the Trigor patch, which is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, for me though, I think I'm going to have to, uh, choose a Murloc here. I think, um, I, part of me also agrees with like what Wizard Beast was saying. I think like almost all the demons barring Diablo need a buff and a rework. Uh, but Murlocs, I think, are in that exact same camp where they struggle from the same thing as demons, where a lot of their abilities, especially now that we have Murky, are very tribal centric, but they don't really have the power to make use of that and make it viable. And it's funny because they have some good units, right? Like Cookie, fantastic unit. Um, Murky actually Murky looks pretty decent, and yeah, Murky, especially I, I used him in draft a while ago. He was fantastic. I used him on ladder a long time ago and had some fun with it. Like, if we get more good Murlocs, Murky is actually not a bad character. Like, no, it's just like strong. He needs synergy, and he needs other strong Murlocs because he can't carry the team on his back. And especially with how his abilities work, he's like sending your other Murlocs in. Well, that's like anti-synergy with Cookie because Cookie's not an attacking Murloc, right? You, you don't want to be sending your Cookie in because you're dealing like no damage and you're probably taking more than you're dealing. It's just not really how you want to use him. So it's like you have the two best Murlocs and they don't even like work well together in that sense. So it's like, mm -hmm. I think I would love to see uh, some changes for Murgle and or Mutanus. Yeah. Uh, Murgle's really the one where he, he just feels like yeah, but I think Morgul is a good one to, to probably update. It's like a less interesting, future. less powerful Brucon for nature. <laughs> like, yep, yep, it, yep. it's like it, he he just doesn't do very much. Um, even when you're running him in, like, the, the comp, like, healing, as we've seen a lot of the times, it, because of how high the damage is, the healing, it's just hard to out-heal damage, so you can't really do much about that. So his healing skills haven't been that great. And then he doesn't even have, like, good damage to make up for that. It's just, he's a very, like, I did some of his tasks, like, last week or something, and it's just, like, he's the definition of a, a mediocre mercenary. And when we have so few uh, murlocs in, like, the tribe to, like, make use of, 
just buffing like one or two of those characters goes a really long way towards making like a whole archetype viable. And like, I'd like to see a similar change with Mutanus where I think his taunt ability is awesome. And that like defines what he does in a cool way. I think eating another Murloc is more of a cool, weird PVE thing. And you're almost never going to press that button in PVP. So I'd kind of like to see that change. Cause even in PVE, it's like, it's too cool down too. It's just like, yeah, it, it very seldom feels like like that's the right decision to make using that ability. So just doing anything to give Mutanus a second good ability to where I'm not just pressing taunt every single time, I think would go a long way in making that character more interesting, powerful, and then maybe you can get some more synergy in there with uh with old Murkai and stuff. But would those would, are... would would Mutanus's devour ability be playable if it was Zero speed, zero speed, zero cooldown. No, would that be good enough. I don't think so. <laughs> the only way that's good enough is if, for some reason, you can leverage, like, let's say you eat your own Merc Eye, and then yeah, no, exactly, you have a big Mutanus, but you're down a whole mercenary, and uh -huh. you're not gaining. Like, I guess you would a gain health. a lot of a health, health, and and I just don't, I don't see it. Uh, I mean, it's maybe crazy. it's crazy to think it's about. fun to think about what though. if we made it zero speed, zero cooldown, and you're like, eh. <laughs> it's like, probably still not good enough. Also, you would also lose the, the turn with that Murloc, too. No, exactly. Yep. Yeah, so you lose that, yeah. and it balances itself like pretty aggressively. And then you can't taunt with the Mutanus that turn, so they could just elect to ignore it or just light it up with yeah. damage because you're not attacking with that Mutanus because you have to spend your ability. You're basically like two for one in yourself and hoping oh, it pays right. off. Like, and but interesting that, that's idea the, state of the ability right now basically yeah. except yeah. it's tacked onto a speed tacked onto a cooldown like ugh, make it zero zero and it's literally maybe not even it, playable which is crazy yeah if anything i would just change it or add something to it you know add another line of text or something like, maybe yeah. take, it out gain, or whatever yeah yeah or like gain taunt this turn like the original <laughs> just like taunt or something you know attach something or like gain this and then attack or you know because like Thrall has that ability, you know, where it's like um, yeah, eat him and deal then damage and then or whatever. Yeah, just add something to it, so at least is usable sometimes. Yeah, because right now it's, it's just... fringe, but it has yeah. a place. Like there have been times I've seen where it's like, oh, forcing the Thrall to send itself or something else in is actually like mm -hmm. better, which is cool. It's like I'm okay with an ability being fringe where it has like a certain situation. You're not pressing it all the time, but when it when it comes yeah. up, it, it matters. Like that's good. I just don't see Mutanus' ability ever being in that position. And the same is kind of true for his attack ability because of just yeah, how yeah. small he is. And he's got a stupid death blow or whatever. Stats. It? Like, yeah. yeah, and it's a very weird one too because like you gain the stats of what you kill, but anytime you're killing something, you're only gaining attack. You're not gaining any HP because it's dead. So it's just like... It's just it's like just, way worse splitting strike from yeah. very like you buff all your humans. It's just worse. Like, like 600 attack. Imagine if it said, imagine if it was just like Varian where it said instead of just giving Mutanus the stats, yeah. you give all your Murlocs those stats. Like that'd be and, awesome. And you're like summon comp too, so there'd be a bunch of them. Hopefully. Exactly. Like with Murky with his two Murloc spawns, like you could have a bunch of big Murlocs going off and stuff, and like. It's just there's a lot they can do with the the tribe and the characters, and I'm hopeful we do get some more good Murlocs. We know a red one is coming eventually, um, but I really do hope we like Murlocs and demons have to be top tribes. I just they they really should do something because they have some cool characters and neat designs. They just need to flesh them out more and make them more 2022 mercenaries and not 2021 mercenaries. 
Um, I think the same could be said to a lot of mercenaries where like, I would love if they could do like a sweeping item rework and make it. So it's like, cause a lot of the, remember when we did the draft or not the draft, the, uh, the popper tournament, we banned task seven cause for the majority of characters, that was their best item. Right. And now we're getting more and more characters. Some, some characters are like that where it's just one good item, but we're getting more and more characters where it's like, they have multiple good items and they're good in different situations and builds. And that's great. It promotes like interesting deck building and it makes the game more fun because you have more decisions to make. Mm -hmm. So I would love to see just as like a last thing, like I would love to see if they could do a rework for some of these early mercs and be like, Hey, this ability or this equipment saw no play because the other one is just so much better. And I think uh, Charles even talked about that when he was talking about Deathwing. He says he wishes they kind of put Deathwing's uh, item one just naturally into his ability, the cleave, because the cleave is so good, it ends up outclassing the other two items by a lot. And it's like, well, if we just naturally bake that in, not only could we have another item to choose from, but it would actually make all three items a bit more viable because you don't feel locked into that. This is the best choice because it does the best damage and the other ones are more fringe. So. That's something uh, worth thinking about. And uh, again, if they do make more balance changes and stuff like that, buffs, like, great way to do it. Would love to see it. Maybe it can... Because who knows? Like, as we saw with Trigor, all you need to do is a little tweaking to a a caster or something, and all of a sudden we have a a whole new meta. But I think we can all agree, I don't think anyone really wants more characters to end up at this Trigor level, unless it you know promotes Plus more everybody and then that's the... yeah when everybody's overpowered no one is you know the 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 syndrome line right it's like when everyone's super nobody is like but that's a very hard line to tow with balancing and stuff but we'll have to wait and see um you know we will uh we'll update you when we get any more news on any of these topics that's gonna wrap it up for this episode before we get going here you guys want to tell our viewers where they can find you at? Yeah, you guys can find me over on Twitter at WizardBeastOP and same on Twitch at WizardBeastOP. And um, just had a lot of stuff going on recently. Got it all done and handled. So I'm going to start streaming again probably this next week too. So nice. you can catch me over there. Sweet. And then, yeah, I've been on a, I've been on like a, an experimental hiatus do, working on another crazy project. So I'm off the grid for the most part for twitch lately so um the follows it's actually been pretty cool probably through most of these series where people have been following me through that still but twitter is really the best place to either like communicate with me or discord honestly but mm-hmm. so uh TV on twitter because somebody has my real last name and i don't know who but yeah <laughs> really just twitter but um i'm kind of like off the grid right now it's been nice to be able to like not just be permanently connected to my phone and the internet so i definitely suggest that to people if you can work that in your schedules but um, otherwise it's, uh, yeah, in the ether. Yeah, no, totally cool. Definitely excited to hear more about that, uh, that secret project you've got brewing on eventually. That'll be really cool. And I mean, you picked a great time to, uh, <laughs> to I, take I a little bit of time about that. I was like, as soon as I left, <laughs> it got the bad. game has just been like <laughs> non-existent, like just dead for the last like month or whatever. So I picked it. Yeah, I got, I got lucky in picking a good time to, mm-hmm. to kind of, yeah focus for a little bit but no it worked so out we'll and you know we've still got what another month ish in the, in the yeah, right. reserve here if there are no changes so 
but I definitely feel that if uh, if I wasn't doing the the regular content stuff, I probably would not be playing the game right now. Like I I the content and the community are definitely my favorite parts of it right now. But to to put it mildly, the the game is not like driving me to play it like it was for the vast majority of the time it's been out and. I don't think I'm alone in that sentiment from uh, what I've seen from a lot of uh, other players, but uh, you, you can find me over on YouTube, Zombies Go Nom Nom, same with Twitter, Twitch is slightly different, has a Z instead of an S at the end of Zombies, uh, we are going to be doing our draft tournament today in just a little bit, um, so definitely stay tuned for that, uh, if you're not catching this live, this will be up on Sunday, um, and the draft will also be edited down and condensed and going up on YouTube sometime next week, later on in the week or the weekend or something. Uh, but definitely look forward to that. Like we were saying before, alternate formats are one of the best things about this game right now, and I'm excited to uh, to play draft and see what people come up with. And just it, it really brings back that that feeling of enjoyment for mercenaries of not knowing what's going to happen and creative deck building and all that fun stuff. So definitely check that out. You've stuck with us to this point. A like, a follow, all that good stuff. Super appreciated. Helps out the show, channel, all that good stuff. But we do want to thank you so much for hanging out with us for this episode. Episode 20 coming soon and have a little fun announcement for that. So stay tuned for that. But that's going to do it for this episode of The Fighting Pit. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Bye. See you guys later. Stay safe.